This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Calling all families. Discovery Plus has thousands of shows that will bring everyone together. Stream exclusive originals, plus a huge collection of family favorites, all for just $4.99. Discovery Plus is the streaming home for the whole family, plus so much more. Start your free trial. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that too. Oh yeah, all really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. On this week's episode of Headlock Talk, we are jam-packed full of news from all around the wrestling world. Everything from the WWE conference call to New Japan's new title announcement and a little guest appearance by our friend Mags. We have all this and more here on this week's episode. Rock Nation. Rock yeah. Nation. <laughs> rock Nation. Yes. <laughs> Steve and I doing the, the Diamond Cutter slash Rock Nation yes. sign. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Got to jam along, man. Got to jam it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from me here, the one and the only Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, Steven. How's it going today, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. How are you? Good. I am. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Good. We're, we're, we're doing big things around here. Doing big things. This is true. We've Always. Got a, we've got a fun episode planned. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. 
I hope you're excited too. Always. Um, so, uh, yeah, lots of crazy stuff going on in the WWE world of things. They had a new investors call uh, this week because you know they're uh, they've got investors. A publicly a, traded yeah, company. It's a big company. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, got to keep some people happy. Yes, of course. Um, so we're pulling this article here from. Uh, we're guess, I guess we're just gonna go diving down right into the news here. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, WrestlingNews.co. Vince McMahon on Paul Heyman's departure, AEW and NXT ratings compared to Raw and SmackDown, and more from WWE's 2020 second quarter conference call. Uh, this is per Andrew Ravens, again, of WrestlingNews.co. Mm. Um, Vince obviously opened the call by saying hello to everybody. Hi. Crazy. My name's Vince. <laughs> Wouldn't expect that. <laughs> um, he, he ran through uh, highlights of the earnings in which they actually performed very, very well. He touted a strong financial performance despite a challenging environment, uh, quote-unquote. Um, That's kind of putting it a little lightly. Mm. Challenging environment. If, a little bit light. <laughs> um, he also touted record viewership on digital platforms during WrestleMania week and credited cost savings for the good numbers this quarter. Cost savings. Cost meaning, savings. Meaning, you know, firing 20 people. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe that's a bit harsh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's done... I mean, one could argue that I don't use the half and a half anymore. <laughs> Only going straight 2%. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Cutting costs where, Cut. it, where it matters. Cost cutting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> um, obviously, they ran through a bunch of numbers uh, regarding uh, viewership. Uh, let me see here. Uh, or revenue numbers, rather. Uh, WWE Network average paid subscribers declined 1.5% to 1.66 million while ending paid subscribers increased 6% to 1.69 million. Mm. Um, let me see here. Revenues were $223.4 million as compared to $268.9 million in the prior year quarter. Uh, so there you go. Live events, basically, like nothing, you know, like a like million dollars <laughs> simply mm-hmm. because, you know, the Rona. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, of course you're going to cut costs. Like mm. you're you're not tearing down the whole, you know, Raw and SmackDown every single week, going mm-hmm. somewhere else. You know, <laughs> not to mention you did fire 20 wrestlers. So like, well, 20 plus wrestlers. So mm. yeah, of course you cut costs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, McMahon uh, then opened the floor to questions. Mm. Um, one of these was regarding TV viewership and how concerned he is with the declining ratings in addition to his strategy to turn it around. Uh, Vince said the audience is integral to the ratings. However, he thinks that they need new and better characters and more compelling stories. Mm. Um, I mean, I can't say I disagree. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is what we've been asking for for uh, seemingly the inception of Headlock Talk. Honestly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I mean that's uh, that's the thing. Um, he stated that they can have more content outside of the ring as well. So mm. whatever that might mean. Um, when asked about holding another event in Saudi Arabia this year, he says the decision hasn't been made yet. But given where they are with their economy, I would doubt it. I mean, I okay. w- I would imagine that it's a lot harder <laughs> than just the economy. Yeah, I I imagine there's a lot more logistics that go into this. Yeah, well, well, you're also under contract with a Saudi prince, so um, 
how how easy is it to just be like nah i'm all right <laughs> i i don't think that's very easy right i think that uh if the terms were there i'm sure that they would do it mm-hmm. um that to me just sounds like it's the terms aren't there yet yeah um well are are the terms uh don't strand my wrestlers on on a in, a, in an airport I'm, or on a plane? I, I Who knows? Because <laughs> I don't think they'll get those terms. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Uh, regarding the free version of the WWE Network, McMahon stated that they have not hurt themselves by going with it instead of the 30-day free offering to the entire service. Uh, so there you go. Anybody out there who's getting the free version of the WWE Network, tell me what it's like. Cause yeah. Because I'm not sure what that looks like. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I mean, have they? What's included with the free? Is is it like all the the 24 like Chronicle stuff? I would or? imagine it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Probably no pay per views. Mm-hmm. You know, so like old stuff. Um, McMahon was asked why viewership numbers for AEW and NXT have been have rebounded better than Raw and SmackDown in the covert uh, covert. Hmm. COVID-19 era. Thank you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stated, those two programs are newer. He stated that it's up to them to make Raw and SmackDown new and youthful, rather than old and decrepit. Okay. Fair <laughs> like enough. Like it is now. Um, he, the, my words, not his. Of course. Of course. Um, he added that you always have to build characters. See, this is all very <laughs> ironic to me. This is not like... Yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, because he's like... like Hey, you're right, Tanner and Steven. We're going to do the things that you said we should do. Right, right. But then it's like, are you really? Are you really going like, to do that? Like, are you are you just saying that to, to, to please me? Is that, right. is that what this is all about? Yeah. Um, there was a question about Paul Heyman's exit from Raw Creative and McMahon, uh, to a degree, put him over for doing a good job at being creative. <laughs> Nailed it. Got it. <laughs> Uh, another ratings question was asked about how long we'll take to rebuild viewership. McMahon stated the audience is integral to what we do. I think I would like to think it's months away. Um, so Steven, um, initial thoughts from all this information here, uh, regarding Vince McMahon and his, uh, conference call. I mean, it, it just sounds like fluff to me personally. Uh, It it, kind of just sounds like he's like, Oh, you know, the things that they're saying we should do, we're going to do them. Watch. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, and, and we're going to be massive again. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, that's what they always say on the investor calls. So, I mean, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. No, I, I understand. I mean, what, what do you think about it? I mean, I think that it's interesting that uh, um, maybe I shouldn't be so surprised uh, about how strong the company performed um, financially uh, simply because they have massive TV contracts. They yep. have massive sponsorship contracts, so I'm not massive super su- merch sales. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not super surprised there, um, but uh, it does seem as though he had been taken to task uh, on a wide range of subjects regarding Raw and SmackDown, in particular, and sure. and its failures. Um, in in some quarters of it here, uh, it obviously sounds like NXT is doing well. Um, or at least well enough in terms of the rebound from COVID, as mm-hmm. he put it. Um, but but I do find it a, a, a tad bit um, <laughs> a tad bit interesting that he's like, we always got to create new characters, and the story's got to be better. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, we know this. Yeah. Now implement it. 
Well, that what? that also just begs the question where it's like, if you knew that already, mm-hmm. then why didn't you just start doing that? Yeah. Like, like why, why have you gone on this long and then now all of a sudden you're like, man, we should make this better. Yeah. Shouldn't you have been trying to make it the best mm-hmm. it could be? Mm-hmm. Like the whole time, mm-hmm. not just when people tell you to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 actually really surprised that um, at least per this article, there's nothing that I'm seeing here that relates to the cinematic era of matches. I'm not sure if anybody's oh, yeah. went to any detail about that. Um, but with that being said, Stephen, mm. uh, since he was talking about new characters, new stories, um, Headlock Talk once again got the scoop. He did. We we once again placed a small microphone in the room. Uh, for the WWE investors call and post call, mm-hmm. uh, we actually caught some interesting audio in the room as Vince McMahon himself was going over designs for a new character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and play that tape real quick here. Let's, uh, you got that cassette over there, Stephen? Yeah, I got it. All right, all right go ahead. And, uh, yeah, all right. Here we go, folks. Desmond, Desmond, get in here. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Wow, that was fast. Okay. Yeah. I have something. I'm right here. <laughs> okay. I have something to tell you. Let me know what you think. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. How did the call go? Is it, was it the call okay? We're not talking about that. Okay. okay. I, I have this new character. Okay? Okay. Now, here's a picture of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, he's called the Lorax. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Um. Well, it's a, it's a book, right? You just drew a picture of Daniel Bryan. That's that's who that is. Look at that. Look. No, it's it's the Lorax. He he speaks for the trees, Desmond. Oh, like a like an environmentalist character. No, like like a like a fairy. Like a like a fairy. Like like a mythical creature. Oh, okay. Um. So, but but that's Daniel Bryan. I see that for sure. That's Daniel Bryan. No, look did- how hairy he is. Look at the mustache. That's the Lorax. Oh, I, I see. So, um, sir, if if you don't mind me asking, um, if it's not Daniel Bryan, then who's going to play the Lorax? Okay, Desmond. You got me. Okay. O- okay. N- nothing gets past. It's Daniel Bryan. Okay. Oh, okay. It's okay, the- okay. It's not going to work. That's fine. Okay. I have another idea. Okay. How quick can you grow a mustache? Um, well, uh, I'm Italian, so, um... So pretty quickly, then? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Come with me. We have some work to do. Oh, wait. Wait. Hold on. You're gonna speak for the trees. Come with me. Oh, oh okay. Riveting, riveting stuff here. Yeah. From, uh, WWE headquarters. Yeah, I, I'm curious what to... I'm curious to see what Desmond's gonna be doing here. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like... I feel like we should be hearing more about this guy. I mean, it, he uh-huh. seems like Vince's like right hand man, you yeah. know. Uh, Desmond Cacciatore, apparently, he's been really working the the way up through the uh, through the ranks of WWE. Yeah. Vince clearly trusts him a lot. Very elusive too. Uh, so yeah, apparently, mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> well, we still have the mic there, so we'll we'll see what we can do on this yeah. next investors call. Yeah, we'll we'll have to check back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. More news here, Stephen. More WWE news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie Sane is officially done with WWE. She has officially said goodbye. Um, she tweeted out, My time in the WWE and NXT locker rooms was incredible. Everyone was so kind, funny, and talented, so every day was full of happiness. Also, I was saved by the supportive staff behind the scenes. I will forever love and respect all the professionals I had the pleasure of working with. 
I was able to accomplish so much in the last three years, uh, but it wasn't because of my ability or my strength. It was because of all of the constant warm support from all the fans. I'm so thankful I could um, meet all of you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Kyrie Sane. Yes. She's such a treasure. She really is, man. Like, what do you think you'll remember Kyrie Sane for most in WWE? I mean, Kyrie Sane, I always attribute with NXT personally, just because uh, that's where I saw her first. Mm. Uh, obviously, you know, more recently, her her run with Asuka and the Kabuki Warriors. I mean, that's that's I think what's going to be ingrained in my in my head for a while is uh, is their whole tag team. And, and honestly, when we like first heard about it, we were like. Okay, they're just putting two Japanese girls together in a tag team mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, but but it, they turned out to be really really great. It's fantastic. They, yeah. they turned into a really really great tag team. So uh, yeah, that that's what I'll remember her for. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, and I think that she's she's still got a, an enormous legacy outside of WWE for sure. Um, and that legacy will continue to grow um, even um, into the future. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I'll best remember her for obviously the May Young classic run, um, her NXT run, obviously such a unique character, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being, uh, being a pirate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously her, her later run here with, um, with Asuka, it's definitely been a very memorable three years for Kyrie Sane. And I'm glad that she kind of. Um, was able to take advantage of this run and um, and really give it her all. I mean, mm-hmm. she's truly a very talented and gifted performer. Um, so any company uh, would be would be lucky to have her uh, yeah, in their ranks. Absolutely, and, and it's just nice to see because you know, like I don't know, she appreciates us as much as we appreciate her. You know, and, and she had a great time there, and we had a great time watching her. So mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just happy, you know, yeah. and, and and that's really nice to see, especially nowadays with. You know all this news coming out mm-hmm. about et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the negativity. Mm. Uh, you know, leave it to Kyrie to be the light. You know, <laughs> right? Well, I think there's something to be said for um, perhaps knowing when it's your time to go. Like, right. like you know, not everybody's final destination needs to be WWE or AEW or whatever, right? Like, you know, she spent three very good years. Uh, working for WWE, she was very successful. I'm sure she made a lot of good money uh, working for WWE. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the future is still very, very bright for her. She's still very young. She can still do a lot of stuff uh, in wrestling. Um, obviously, moving back to Japan, she's got stardom there, and stardom's massive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of good things to look forward to for Kyrie Sane, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It's just the beginning. Yeah, just or, or a, a new beginning, I should say. Yes, a new beginning, mm-hmm. mm, indeed. Um, let me see here. Um, let me see here. There is something here. Uh, Rusev, who was released by WWE earlier this year, says he is officially done with pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, during a Q and A session, Miro said he was enjoying what he's doing on Twitch, and there is no desire to step back into the ring. He says, I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm just enjoying my Twitch. I'm a professional Twitcher, YouTuber, concrete, concrete, concrete container. Yeah, content creator. There we go. Uh, Miro said, I'm not a wrestler anymore. Uh, can I be your favorite streamer? Hmm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, it's unknown if Miro, again, formerly known as Rusev, uh, received an offer to return and said the following, if... It, uh, I texted Vince. I haven't talked to him. I texted him. It was a nice conversation. 
Um, so apparently he is on Twitch and on YouTube. Um, though I did get conflicting reports whether or not he was actually suspended from Twitch or not. Yeah, I did see uh, he got he got suspended for two days. For two days, mm-hmm. okay. Well, was there a particular incident? Uh, I didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. see. Maybe it's just like one of those weird terms things that yeah, Twitch he, does. He he put out a uh, just a quick like tweet about it where he was just like, "Oh, nothing bad. Just a just a small suspension. See you guys on Monday or whatever it was." Mm. So. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. Twitch hands out bans and suspensions like it's going out of style. So, like, <laughs> who who knows? You know, fair enough. Well, I mean, what do you think of that, man? Is is it a, a loss for pro wrestling here? For you know, I mean, Miro, yeah, to a certain degree, for sure. Um, you know, Rusev's a great talent; he's a good wrestler. Um, but but at the end of the day, you know, if his his heart's not there and he doesn't want to do it anymore, and he's really enjoying uh, Twitch and you know his his followers he has there and and the community that he's built there, then more power to him, man. You know, um, I, I to answer your question, yeah, it, it is a hit to the wrestling community for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. Do we want a, a Rusev who doesn't want to be there? You know. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to see him if his if his heart's not in it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if his heart's somewhere else, then he's going to create and 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 do amazing things elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I mean, he's apparently just gotten over COVID. He looks in great shape still. True. So there's there's nothing wrong there. Um, I, I think that if one day he wanted to return to wrestling, I'm sure that there will be plenty of. Uh, Plenty of companies lining up at his door uh, to want to um, sign him or get him to work a particular date. Mm-hmm. Um, See, and w- what's cool about him uh, going to Twitch also, uh, you know, piggybacking off of that, um, is, you know, a, a lot of people that watch streams are, are skew younger, uh, you know? And so if he does end up building like the, this big, you know, fan base, this big following of mm-hmm. younger viewers on Twitch, then yeah, maybe later if he does decide to go back into wrestling, you have a bunch of people that may or may not have wanted to necessarily watch wrestling, but they love Miro. They mm-hmm. love his Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. Let's go see what he's doing on WWE, or let's go see what he's doing on AEW, or or, or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. so there, there's you know there's definitely still potential in the future if he wanted to go back. Uh, but but I will say, you know, like, like I said, if Twitch is what he's enjoying, then more power to you, dude. Absolutely, yeah. No, good on him for for you know again drawing that line in the sand and knowing kind of when when your time is up. You yeah, know, just like Kyrie. Yep, just like Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on here, uh, we spoke about this previously last week, and um, uh, the story continues to evolve. Stephen, Alistair Black has uh, been apparently somewhat written off TV, at least for the time being, as Seth Rollins took Aleister Black's eye to the steel steps, and uh, yeah, we had another another eye gouging. Very, very inventive here. Um, Aleister Black then put on his Instagram, or one of his social media accounts, a picture of him uh, kind of with the one, the right side of his face kind of shadowed. It kind of had a devil's horn kind of growing out of his head, and then the blood dripping out of that right side of his face Mm -hmm. um and uh talking about him trying to shed weakness uh, um, from all the the all of his past glories um is what he was going on to say and that it's time to reinvent himself Mm. uh this does seem to indicate other reports that were showing that uh perhaps vince was wanting him to reinvent himself 
uh, or reinvent Alistair Black rather. Um, Vince won't reinvent himself. He's you know he's Vince. Yeah, he's the genetic jackhammer. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, reinvent Alistair's character perhaps. Mm-hmm. So uh, Stephen, yeah. can to further this dialogue here. What do you make of all this? <sighs> it's dumb, man. <laughs> it, it's super dumb. Um, what's, Wait, which what's, part? Which part of it is dumb? Uh, multiple parts. So the the whole eye gouging thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one that's dumb. It, that was dumb on the pay per view. Yeah, uh, let, let alone that was doing, dumb with Rey Mysterio. It was dumb with Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Let, let alone you know doing it just on a raw. Which, which I mean, that's another thing too. Where it's like. Okay, what was the point of the whole fanfare of the horror show if you're just gonna do it on a raw? It, it kind of like takes the takes the the fanfare out of it almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part is dumb for sure. Mm. Uh, but then the really the main part for me is like, what's wrong with Alistair Black's character? Why does he have to reinvent himself? I think he's perfect the way he is. Just just use him. Yeah, well, you, how he is. Yeah, you you've made it a complete shambles. Yeah. of Alistair Black and like from what he was in NXT to what he is now, you've just dropped the ball sincerely. Right. Um. With with kind of how that stuff goes. Yeah. So um, like I I just don't understand that mindset where it's like oh well you know it's it's not working we need to yeah. reinvent your character. Yeah. Well, you didn't even try to make it work. Yeah, you, you put him with Rey Mysterio, and there's nothing wrong with you know being an ally or or a friend of Rey Mysterio's, but you really just did it with making no real connections at all. Like he had several tag team matches with Rey Mysterio, where he was mm-hmm. a partner, and I guess he was like, you know, we need to put a we need to give him a side man, right? Right. And and Alistair Black was that guy, but you never really like fleshed out who Alistair Black was. You you put him in a closet again. I have to keep going back to this, but you put yeah. him in, in a closet for a year and did really nothing with his character. Whoever was writing for him is a moron um, and, and just didn't let him be him. You had to you had to do all these things to him. You had to WWE-ify it. Yeah. And, and then when you finally got him into a place where he's competitive, you kind of also lost what, you know, he was character-wise. Uh, so that's a big bummer, man. Um, but I mean, I I will say this: I'm interested to see what they come back and do with him. Um, I am cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that that's uh, a good way to be. I think <laughs> is cautiously optimistic. Um, I, I I don't know, man. I, I'm really worried. I, I'm really worried that that we're just gonna kind of get this like cookie cutter family friendly version of, of Alistair Black, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, they're they're furthering this story with Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins, and they're having a whole thing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did bring Alistair back at some point as part of this uh, this feud with Seth. Well, I mean, him we'll and Ray to, both lost an eye. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I think Ray's injury is a little bit worse, though. WWE continues to put out tweets on the daily. Uh, or every few days, rather, saying, "Oh, Ray's in better shape. Ray's getting better." You know, they said that they were able to reattach reattach his optic nerves. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so that's good. You know, that's real good. <laughs> good for Ray. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 retweeted a few times and said, like, you know, so does that mean he's getting closer to signing on that dotted line? Is <laughs> is his vision good enough to sign the paperwork? <laughs> Is that yeah. what's going on here? Yeah, I saw I saw a comment on Reddit where they were they were talking about um, you know all the 
uh, all the money that <laughs> that WWE made. Mm. And uh, one of the top comments is like, oh, looks like Ray's getting that contract after all. So, it, it is possible. So we'll see. It is possible. Uh, let's move on. Uh, well, to uh, to a correction, right? Uh, last week, I had actually talked uh, about uh, WWE's situation in Europe, specifically with Sky Sports Italia, mm-hmm. and um, I got a little bit of feedback on it. Um, not just not just necessarily directed at us, but. Uh, directed at kind of American, um, uh, I guess American wrestling journalism, yeah, um, as a whole, and it needs to, um, I guess, be clearer on what the reporting was as far as WWE's cancellation with Sky Sports mm-hmm. and what that really means uh, in Europe as a whole. Um, now, I am very happy that Mags was able to point this out to me, and I asked if Mags would come on to the show with me here and uh, discuss that with me, and he was able to do so nice. um, here today. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play uh, a clip here. Um, it's about 20 minutes in length, um, but uh, Mags goes in-depth into uh, how that situation actually worked out, um, and uh, then we'll get back to the rest of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. fun times. Alrighty, everybody. I am here with, of course, our good friend Mags. You can find him on Twitter at DEJ Kirkby. Um, quick note um, I had talked previously last week about the Sky Sports Italia uh, cancellation of WWE uh, on their network and their services. Uh, for a number of reasons, as this was previously reported by Dave Meltzer at the Wrestling Observer. And um, uh, Mags here has uh, definitely brought up some, some very valid points here. And, and obviously, the as I'm not a, a European, I, I, I'm not familiar with the European cable system. But Mags is, and, and he wanted to point out some finer details of some, some things that might be uh, misunderstood or misconstrued or maybe that maybe I miscommunicated. So for that... Uh, first off, I-, I apologize, but um, Mags is here to kind of uh, set me on the straight and narrow here. M- Mags, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks uh, for the invite. And uh, I just want to clear a couple of things up. Uh, firstly, mm. there was no, there's no ill ill feeling to, towards uh, yourself and, and Stephen and you oh. guys. Had talk. It, it was definitely not a dig at, at you. It was, and it was definitely not really a dig at, at, at Melter and the kind of way it's been portrayed over in in uh, the, the the wrestling media. Right. Um, my, my the kind of crux of my problem that I had with with uh, with the article and the, the the way it was it was spread about like wildfire mm. through the likes of Wrestling Inc and and Fightful and stuff like that was mm. was more in the the kind of the wording and the kind of like skewed timelines mm. which it which which threw a more positive uh, pro uh, AEW um, light on it which I'm, mm. I am. Dead, I'm not against having anything pro AEW, but I, I felt like it, it it was kind of weighted to look like mm. WWE were were kind of being dumped for this for the sake of uh, picking up AEW, and and that's mm. kind of not the, really the case, to be fair. Well, and and, and 
first off, there's no need to apologize to me, man. You, you and I have always been cool. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, there's no need to apologize to me. or And I don't think you should apologize to anybody. But I, I think what's what's really important here is, is what you've brought up and that there are finer details and and uh, different things here that, uh, that do need to be addressed because, yes, I can definitely see there being more of a, almost a pro-AEW light to kind of this reporting. Uh, making the, the, the WWE, and again, I I am with you here. I I am not against or for uh, one company over another in this kind of situation. But um, but I think it is important to make sure that everybody knows the the finer details. And uh, like I said before, uh, American cabling uh, cable companies operate in a completely different fashion than than European ones. Um, uh, typically speaking, you know, with with TV packages here. You you know you have like your baseline packaging where you can get like you know 150 channels and you know it could be anywhere between the History Channel to Discovery Channel to you know stations like TNT USA you know all these kinds of ones that all comes in on one tier and then <laughs> you know the more tiers that you go up you you'll get premium channels like your HBOs and your Showtimes and maybe some of these other affiliated stations that don't normally come in on that baseline package so. Um, from my understanding here, things are a little bit different in the European cable system, though, too. Yeah, I mean, um, speaking as um, as someone from from England, the way that the our um, cable system works and the way our TV system works is there is some similar similarities to to the US one, but. Um, because of the the kind of size of our country compared to the size of your country, you you guys have a lot of channels that just don't reach all all kind of areas. Mm. Where with us, we have a, a base kind of a group of channels that that is free to air that anyone with a with a, a TV set and a, an aerial can pick up. Um, and then after that, if you're looking for premium services, we don't have a lot of companies that that offer the packages. We, we the the main ones are going to be like Virgin Media, which is kind of like a they don't really produce their own shows. They're like buying shows from from uh, other other uh, channels. Then we have Sky, who are the the big players. Mm-hmm. Uh, they concentrate mainly on movies and uh, sports, and again, they're they're kind of buying extra channels to kind of bulk out their their service. And then we've got the newcomers on on the block, uh, BT Sports, which is a uh, BT um, was the the British Telecoms uh, provider for for like phone lines and and um, basically telecommunications, but they've branched out into uh, providing um, providing uh, TV now, and they've started producing. A few of their own channels, mainly focusing on the sports channels, and and they've uh, really kind of uh, uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons in in terms of uh, mm. where where British people can get their sports from. They've really kind of challenged Sky's uh, dominance in in that kind of premium sports arena. Okay, uh, okay. So, if it, just to make sure that I'm understanding correctly, because I, I think this is this is where maybe the crux of maybe some of the issues are here. Um, it, it, it sounds to me like amongst the cable service providers that are available in Europe, in general, generally speaking, it's more of a subscription-based service, almost like mm-hmm. a Netflix or a Hulu, where you can kind of pick and choose what you want out of your programming. You're, 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 you have more flexibility for like, hey, well, I want this particular kind of package, so I'm going to go with Sky Sports, whereas mm-hmm. if I wanted 
Discovery, for example, like like if, if Discovery, the company is going to offer a, a completely different kind of channel lineup, perhaps. Um, yes and no. Um, okay. We, we we still have the kind of like built-in packages of channels. For instance, like you'll have like a an entertainment package, which will be like maybe your MTV stuff like that. Then you'll have like a movies package, so that'll be all the Sky movies, uh, any kind of um. Um, other like, like TCM stuff like that, Lifetime, and mm-hmm. then you'll have like sports packages, which will be like Sky Sports, and then all the the various channels that are, are dedicated to particular sports. Like uh, for we have channels for like Formula One and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what tends to happen is we we have like um, uh, anti monopoly rules. So mm. what has to what has to happen is if Sky offer a premium channel, they're also kind of obliged to. Offer that channel to um, to the other providers, so to BT and Virgin, but obviously they're going to charge them a, a premium for it. So, say I have uh, a BT Sports package, okay, I can then still buy the Sky channels, but it's going to be it's going to cost me more. Uh, similarly, if I have the Sky package, I can mm. still get the BT Sports packages, but it's gonna they're going to add it onto the price of my uh, my subscription. Uh, whereas I, I'm kind of the middleman. I have I have Virgin Media, which is the the one who doesn't really produce a lot of their own programming, but I I get the the Sky Sports package and the BT Sports package, and Virgin Media basically just collect them all and then charge me one set bill. We'll say that, that sounds like the smart way to go about things. You can kind of yeah. you know approach things uh, in a more customized fashion, perhaps. <laughs> uh, so. And maybe we're approaching the part where the confusion is, because um, as you had put it um, in in the article, it does describe how Sky Sports dropped, quote-unquote, WWE after initially having an agreement with them in place. Um, and, it, and it sounded um, a lot like it had to do with ratings and viewer retentionship and this kind of thing here. And, and that certainly might be true. Um, but I think there was a little bit more minutia to the uh, to, to kind of the conversation here that that maybe wasn't addressed in these articles by Wrestling Observer or Fightful, you know, whatever have you. Um, maybe just out of not knowing the system as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a little bit of context, um, I'm gonna uh, just talk about the the way. Um, sports packages are, are, are bought by these companies by sky and by bt sports so what happens is when a deal is up okay and I'll, I'll i'll use football for an example because that's the biggest sport in 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 europe at least uh, and it's certainly big on your side of the pond mm. uh, and it kind of uh whilst it's not a kind of oranges for oranges comparison it, it does it does give like a little bit of insight into how these uh, these deals are formulated. Mm-mm. So, and, and before the, you go on, are we, are we talking about NFL football? Or are we talking about like we, actual football? Football played we, with your foot. We, we are not talking hand egg. We okay, are good. talking football. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I didn't want any more confusion. I just want to make no, sure. <laughs> I, I totally understand. So when so what happens is when the the football. Uh, Deal the TV deal is up for renewal. Um, the the Premier League will uh, will split the the matches up into blocks. Okay. 
Um, so you'll have like your high-profile matches, your Liverpool, your Chelsea, your Man United, um, Arsenal, stuff like that. They'll go into they'll go into one block. So uh, it's more the more premium matches will be worth more, obviously. And then your lower teams, they they're going to another block. So these companies, BT Sports and Sky don't just bid on like an overall rats they bid on certain blocks so they want mm. those matches uh and what we've seen recently is like i said bt sports are the are the kind of new uh kids on the block it, before that it was literally if you wanted to watch premier league football you had to have sky there was no other option mm. bt sports are, and and uh in a in a smaller manner amazon prime have, have kind of come in and and like i said put the cat amongst the pigeons and they're a, a bidding for these blocks of uh of football and i think bt sport when the next deal kicks in, I think after next season, BT Sport in, in Britain have the majority of the major matches in in their in their portfolio. So now, from going from Sky being the go-to company for uh, for football, it's pretty much now BT Sports. If you want the the big matches, you've got to you've got to have a BT Sports deal. Now, how that links to um, to WWE and Sky is, is a little bit tenuous, but it's it's along the same lines. When a deal uh, is running out, Sky will put out uh, the feelers to uh, WWE will put out the feelers to these companies, and and a bidding war kind of ensues. Now the issue that uh, that WWE have been having with Sky is actually um, an issue that started around five years ago. And it's it's to do with the WWE network. Now, Sky uh, in Britain and in Europe have, have been partners with WWE for for thir- almost well, I think it's longer than thirty years. I think it's nineteen eighty nine they started broadcasting. And if you wanted to watch WWE in all that time, Sky was your only option. Mm, um, and, okay. But the issue the issue came was was when uh, WWE introduced the network and. If you uh, if you recall around the time of the network start, you guys in America got it way before we did in Britain, and this was because there was a big disagreement, a big falling out with Sky and WWE over the the pay per views. Now over here, Sky had a monopoly on those pay per views. If you wanted to watch uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, all them lot, it, it would cost you to buy those pay per views. Mm. Now obviously, if if you can sign up to the WWE network for for ten pounds. You're not going to then go and pay twenty pounds plus per month for for the 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 WWE network uh, for the for the uh, pay per views on Sky, and that was a big kind of sticking point with uh with Sky. That was a lot of their the revenue that they put into WWE they got back through those pay per views. Um, so that was that has always been a, a real kind of argument between um between Sky and um and WWE. But when it came to the renewal of the UK deal, which was uh, earlier this year, I think in January, mm. Sky was still highly interested in keeping hold of WWE. And again, uh, there was a big bidding war. Uh, but BT Sports was was not as stuck on on the the pay per views as uh, Sky was. For Sky, that was a, a major sticking point. They wanted to retain the the exclusivity of those pay per views where BT Sport weren't that particularly bothered. Well, whether they were bothered or not, it's, uh, mm-hmm. they didn't make a, a big uh, song and dance about it. And, well, they, the, and they, it, probably, they probably figured also with people buying the WWE Network that it, it wouldn't nearly be as valuable, perhaps. You know, precisely. Mm-hmm. 
and um, so BT Sport was still happy to to bid against um, Sky Sports for for the rights to WWE, and the the deal that they signed was actually the biggest UK deal that that WWE had, had signed. So oh, wow. to say to say that um, WWE are losing money and losing ratings and and kind of being dumped by Sky is kind of erroneous. The the mm. issues that uh, we that we're having with Sky Italia and also uh, with Sky Germany, which 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 uh, dropped WWE uh, recently or dropped in inverted commas, mm. <laughs> uh, it, it all links back to this this argument that that uh, Sky UK, which is kind of like the overseeing company for for Sky Europe, has been having with WWE for for the last five years. It, mm. it, it boils down to not so much ratings. It boils down to the loss of this earnings from uh, from um, the 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 pay per views, but mm. then saying that with um, with the Sky Italia deal, Sky was still very interested in uh, in keeping WWE. Uh, okay. The report uh, the report that I've that I've got uh, from um, Wrestling Inc., which which links straight back to the the uh, Wrestling Observer, is that uh, WWE lost their deal. Um, after a combination of the cost of the the rats to air and then the loss of the of the pay per view, mm. which is understandable, but the way that the, it was worded from from Dave Meltzer was that the uh, Sky Sports Italia just had enough of WWE, didn't mm. want to uh, sign with them, and then chose AEW. That that's not the way it went down. The deal that that WWE signed with Discovery was actually penned in April of this year. Mm. After a bidding war with Sky Sports Italia, and Sky Sports Italia only signed a deal with AEW in mid July to start at the end of July. So it's just the the timeline that uh, has been portrayed just doesn't it's just doesn't ring true, and it's it just seems that it's it's to to push this narrative that that AEW. Have have kind of stolen this deal away from WWE, which is is mm. not the case. I mean, this is a great deal for AEW. Absolutely brilliant that they've got they've got shows in um, in Germany and in Italy. It's 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 so good that they they they're making these moves, but they're not stealing these deals away from from WWE. WWE are, uh, are moving on to other companies, and and Sky are picking up AEW as as mm. as an alternative. That that's the issue. For me, the the way that the article was was worded was that that AEW were taking over these deals from WWE. And it kind of wasn't the case. It was they were a replacement. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to kind of round things out, because I want to make sure that uh, that that not only I'm being accurate here in in in, in speaking on this, but also uh, that uh, the listener also understands kind of you know the the overall uh, thesis here, right? Um, WWE can certainly still be found in, in England and in Europe, and you can still watch the shows there. That's 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 not an issue, right? They, Absolutely. They, I think I think mm-hmm. in in uh, Britain the the BT Sports uh, are not in as many homes as 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 uh, Sky. That's that's for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that the Sky Italia deal, the 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 Discovery Channel, is in uh, a comparable amount of homes as Sky Sports Italian, and and uh, the the Germany deal uh, with with Dazon is also in quite a, a similar amount of how homes as as the the Sky uh, Sports Germany one. So mm-hmm. they st- they're still readily available if you want to to go out and and, and watch these shows. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and and so that's that's definitely good news, and and, and I think that um, obviously with them obviously still being there and still having a presence in Europe, it's definitely not nearly as um, <laughs> uh, apocalyptic, perhaps as, uh, as as what maybe it had been made out to be. Uh, yeah, you know, but by, by people in the media, and, and and certainly by myself, right? I may, you know, maybe that's that's at my fault for maybe not uh, investigating it more thoroughly and talking to you about it sooner. Um, and I, I guess too, obviously, it, it, like you said, good news for AEW. Um, it's, it's definitely, as you said, brilliant for them because I think that that's uh, another another feather in their cap. Uh, but I I don't think that this is nearly as um, like I said, apocalyptic, perhaps uh, from a WWE point of view, uh, they are still available readily in England and in Europe as a whole. It's just a matter of finding which provider you have to go through to get their content because another provider has their exclusive rights. Yeah, pretty much. And, and like I've said, the sticking points with the deals was, was, was the ratings, um, Ratings affect the kind of value that a company would put on WWE. So Sky would have a base number, and I think uh, JD from uh, the Red Leaf podcast said it well mm. in, in the uh, in the in the Twitter conversation that we're having. That that would give Sky a baseline figure of what they were willing to pay WWE, but uh, the likes of DAZN in Germany and Discovery were willing to pay more, and that mm. that's how it goes. And but the the sticking point was, uh, and it's been made very very clear in in the uh, the press uh, releases from both uh, Discovery and DAZN that that the pay per views were not part of the deal, and mm-hmm. that that was a, a huge point that that Sky Sports Italia and Sky Sports Germany they wanted the pay per views to be involved in the deal. Um, so it it it. it Turns out that maybe that was the the big crux of why these deals collapsed over, over just putting it point blank down to ratings. Mm-hmm. And, and I could definitely see that for sure too, because um, back oh this would probably be the early two thousands, uh, something very similar happened because WWE at one point had gone from being on the USA Network uh, exclusively uh, to going on to. Um, uh, TNN, uh, which later became Spike, um, and then after a little while, WWE moved back to USA and has stayed there ever since then. And it was only until the Fox deal here stateside that you have SmackDown on one station and you have um, Raw and and NXT on another station, perhaps. Um, and, and I think maybe that's where the difference lies: is that. Um, you know, when it sounded like, oh, well, Sky is dropping WWE, I, I think that most people here stateside probably, I mean, they, they are aware of Sky probably you know, being maybe the flagship for European sports. Yeah. Um, so when you when you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, so that's like a big move. Like, that's <laughs> that's a very bold move of, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, being able to find WWE programming. Um, but it, it simply just sounds like um, it's very similar in that it's switched networks to a degree, but also kind of you know how it's um, how it's being provided. Um, so I, I may, maybe I've got it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that 
that was the only the the issue that I had with the way it was reported. That mm-hmm. it's, it made it sound like WWE had been dumped by these companies, and and that just it just wasn't the case. They mm-hmm. were still highly interested in keeping hold of WWE, but just maybe not at the value that the uh, zone, uh, BT Sports, and, and Discovery saw. So mm-hmm. that that's what it boiled down to. And like I said, this is great for AEW that they've been able to kind of. Uh, pick up the bones of these deals and, and get into into the likes of Italy, which is a huge market, and Germany, which is a massive market for them to be in. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's great that they're making these strides. It's just they it didn't need to be this kind of this twisted pro-AEW narrative. It, mm. it, it, this could have been a good deal for all of wrestling, not just kind of stab at, at WWE whilst putting AEW on, on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, um, I will say that, uh, uh, unfortunately, perhaps, that that seems to be the the thing that's in chic right now is to yeah. you know put down WWE while also um, you know putting over AEW for its um, for its wins, and obviously this is a big a big coup for AEW in some mm-hmm. aspects, but it's it's not as if uh, the sky is falling. Uh, if you are a WWE fan in well, Europe, th- um, this this week's uh, this week's uh, conference call about the 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 finances and, and for Q two have shown that WWE is still very very healthy. Where they mm-hmm. what, they got four times the the expected uh, profit that they they were they were looking at for for Q two. Yeah, the sky is definitely not falling through. Uh, WWE still going to make money hand over fist. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a strong and stable joke, but I won't go there. Uh, <laughs> well, Mags, I uh, sincerely appreciate you coming on here and, uh, and and giving me what for and helping me understand better kind of the, the situation and um, that, that we were able to have this discussion. Where can the good people find you? You can find me at Josh Robinson double zero. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, <laughs> that that will never not be funny. Yeah. Uh, no, you can you can find you can find me on Twitter at dajacob. I'm usually get involved in kind of debates and arguments like this. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so come and check me out. Uh, give my podcast a listen, and definitely subscribe to these guys at Headlock Talk. They are quickly becoming the 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 standard bearers for for independent podcasting creation. So, oh yeah, man. Come on, you get you guys have been absolutely killing it. This these these uh extra content that you point out has just been amazing. I, I love the the way you've added more strings to your ball. Oh well, thank you, Mags, man. You you warmed my heart, man. Like I really appreciate <laughs> you telling me that, and um and and obviously I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time. Really and truly, the extra content is just to try and keep up with you. Um, Stop that! <laughs> Stop that! But uh, but you can find all of Mags's content obviously through um obviously uh, Smart to Death Radio is 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 my particular choice of uh, of listening to Mags's content and obviously okay. make sure to check out and subscribe to that and listen to all of Mags's shows as well as everybody else who has uh, great content on that channel. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, no, I appreciate you, Mags, and thank you again so much for coming on here. Uh, I think you're you're pretty close, if not already passing Josh, actually, for uh, guest uh, appearances here. So, um, Josh, so take that, Josh, you are. Yeah, Josh, if you're listening, um, you know, you, you're going to have to come back on the show sometime and, you know, uh, 
uh, figure things out here. Uh, I mean, if you don't want mags to keep your record, then uh, you're going to have to sort some stuff out. Um, I'll I'll, I'll force him off the show like I did last time when he he blamed his internet and I just bullied him off the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seemed quite convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, Mags. Well, you take care. Enjoy the rest of your day, okay, sir? Thank you very much. Same to you. All right, thanks, man. Well, and a big thank you to Mags for actually joining us here and uh, absolutely helping straighten th- us out. Um, I I greatly appreciate and cherish every time that Mags has a chance to come on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's he's a really fun guy. So, he's a great guy. Yeah. So make sure to check out all of his podcasts, um, including Why We Watch, Five Rounds Pod, if you are a uh, MMA fan. And then, of course, Badlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure to check out all of Max's content. Subscribe to all of those shows on their own in addition to or as opposed to Smart to Death. I still recommend Smart to Death. It's a great place to check out multiple content creators, including uh, our friends Anthony, uh, Mr. Warren Hayes, uh, the Queen of N.E. Um, so, yeah, make sure to check all of them out there. Um, but moving right along here, mm-hmm. some AEW news, Stephen. Yes, Excalibur. Mm. Uh, lots of uh, lots of news circulating about him. An old video was uh, shown where he had used the N word. Ooh, um, he, I actually haven't heard about this. He had used it as part of an angle where a um, a wrestler known as the Human Tornado um, was uh, was playing babyface. And a lot of his angles tended to be more racially centric. Um, and this took place, I believe, in PWG probably about 15 years ago or so. Um, it was a long while ago. And PWG was still a very young company at the time. And uh, this was a very, very poor, poor <laughs> um, decision on all parts. Um, other people involved in the video include Kevin Owens, who at the time was Kevin Steen. Um, but yes, uh, footage did, um, I guess, make the rounds on social media of that happening. And I know that people will certainly point to, uh, point the finger to, oh, well, Vince McMahon also said that on live TV, uh, with John Cena and Booker T. Um, I mean, it's, um, regardless, this is a very poor decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, I don't think Excalibur is a racist. I don't think Kevin no. Steen is. I think that they immediately all regretted that situation. But, um, yeah, very, very, very poor decision-making. And um, I think Excalibur certainly would need to make a very public apology, very you know, very much so, and, and, and to clarify you know, a lot of what's going on here, because I think there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people left in the dark knowing or not knowing what kind of the situation is. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, wow. I, I had not heard about this. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's unfortunate, and, and definitely, a like you said, a very poor decision on, on Excalibur's part. I, man, I really don't know what to think about that. I, I mean, like you said, uh, a public apology is, is definitely in the cards for sure. Um, I, I mean, I don't know Excalibur, but I I don't believe that that he would have said that from a, a place of hate, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, or, or at least I would like to I would like to think that that it didn't come from a place of hate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I really like Excalibur. I, yeah. I hope that that you know he's able to you know answer for this uh, in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, I would agree, and and I'm I'm thinking too in that. Um, 
and this is very important because I, we definitely don't want to dismiss any aspect of this at all because uh, it, it can and should be taken uh, as serious as possible. Um, that being said, um, this very much is done in, the, in, in an angle um, in kayfabe. So um, that should be kept in mind here. Mm-hmm. Um, Excalibur has always come across to me as somebody who's very forward-thinking and very progressive-minded. I don't see him as being somebody who, who harbors hate. Right, um, right. But at the same time, this is a mistake and a very poor decision and a line that should never have been crossed in the first place. Well, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was done in an angle um, and in kayfabe, which, you know, to a non-wrestling fan, that, that sounds like a non-excuse, like, right. like, a, like we're just trying to justify it. And we're not trying to justify it at all, but the the concept of kayfabe is very important and i mm. do think like you said i do think that it's important to keep that in mind mm. when thinking about uh this and, and another thing to keep in mind is that it did happen you know 15 years ago uh mm-hmm. you know people change uh you know people have regrets yeah, people uh, people make mistakes people make mistakes 100 percent mm. and you know i like i said i i don't believe that that this came from a place of hate uh you know it wasn't an angle. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to hear uh, Excalibur's side of this uh, to kind of mm-hmm. get a little bit more clarification on, mm-hmm. you know, what what exactly happened there and, and mm-hmm. what led to that. Um, well, yeah. And I do want to be clear as um, as two white guys, you and I, yes. who who come from multicultural families mm-hmm. um, and, and multiracial families, it is um, it is very important. In, in my mind, that he does stand due for any punishment that, that is um, deemed appropriate here. Um, now, again, this is the uh, this does fully explain why he was not on Dynamite this week, obviously. Right. I would fully expect for him to um, probably have the same treatment. I, I, would, I would say he would be getting off light if he was given the same treatment as Sammy Guevara, where he, he's suspended for a month, he undergoes... Um, not treatment, but kind of like, um, uh, what would you call that, Stephen? Like um, um, human resources counseling, counseling, kind of, yeah, um, regarding this subject, um, and um, you know, a proper donation, probably uh, of of his of a part of his paycheck, or or at least his full paycheck for. Um, uh, I, I guess um, causes mm-hmm. right any kind of appropriate causes, whether that be you know Black Lives Matter or whatever it might be. Um, so I, I I think that would be appropriate at, at the very least. Um, I don't foresee him being fired, um, but um, I, I would say that he would certainly be getting off light um, with with a suspension with. Uh, counseling and 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 classes mm-hmm. um like like educational courses on, on this um sensitivity courses and um like i said the a, a donation of his pay mm-hmm. um I, I would say that would be at the very least that i would ask for personally right for sure well, let's move on to something a little bit lighter here steven let's do it uh warhorse Yes. Made his AEW debut on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and though I thought it was a very good debut, I think it has 
maybe divided some fans. And really? I think we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here. I just wanted to make a note of um, maybe what you thought, because I thought it was a very good debut. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly saw nothing wrong with it. Uh, I like Warhorse as a character. I was not familiar with him before this, uh, but then just kind of looked into him a little bit more, kind of saw what he was about, and, the, and then, of course, the debut itself. I thought it was a fine debut. I thought it was great. Uh, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. I did really enjoy the the um, the, the post-match uh, you know, promo that he gave. I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I mean, there's people that didn't like it? Apparently so, Stephen. Interesting. Well, well, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see anything in there to to really not like personally. Mm. Well, there you go. I, I mean, I, everyone's yeah. entitled to their opinion. I'm not saying they're wrong or anything. Mm-hmm. I just that surprises me. There were some very key people um, within WWE circles, and I won't name names, but I did see people tweeting out things like, "Oh, well, uh, not everybody needs to get signed when they do the Cody challenge and things like this here," uh, which right. which I thought was a bit odd. Um, this is true. Not everybody who does the Cody challenge needs to get signed. I do agree with that there, yeah, for but, sure. it, but if it is, um, someone worthy uh, of, of, yeah, and deserving of signing it, then I think that should happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, ultimately it's not up to us, the fans. I think AEW fans specifically need to know this, um, that it's not up to, um, it's not up to us. It, it's rather more up to, um, up to AEW executives as a whole, right, uh, right, to make that decision of who gets signed and who doesn't get signed. Mm-hmm. That being said, let's talk about some signings that AEW has made. <laughs> yes, um, first off, Eddie Kingston, who uh, previous to Warhorse challenged Cody for the uh, AEW TNT title, mm-hmm. um, he has officially signed his contract uh, with AEW, and uh, yeah, big news here for the Mad King. Uh, he is. Uh, he he went from one of the best independent pro wrestlers on the planet, and he he now has some place to call home. Stephen. Yeah, well, I mean, AEW is is quickly becoming that home uh, for for a lot of the the big independent talents that you know that that are very very popular, but maybe WWE didn't really want to take a chance on necessarily. Um, AEW is quickly becoming that home, so. Well, yeah, I, I would say so, and I, I think it would be impressive for for Eddie uh, Kingston um, to uh, to kind of uh, uh, make more of his character there. I mean, I think that there's matchups that you could have with uh, with Brody Lee, with Moxley. He definitely does fit that hardcore kind of style. We saw that on full display. Uh, in the match with Cody, so I think he's a very keen signing. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have history with uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz, so maybe that plays into somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps. Um, that would be a lot of fun, so we'll see what happens there. Eddie Kingston, very good signing, well-deserved for a man who's uh, who's definitely had a long journey in pro wrestling, that's for sure. For sure. De- definitely a, a really exciting signing. I, I mean, it's really cool that that we're in a spot with AEW, and, and to a certain degree, we've always been in this spot, but even more so recently, where it's like mm. all these new signing. It's like, oh man, he could have this match, and he could have this match. Oh, they could do this or, or this and this. And AEW just has a, a lot of different wrestlers with different styles and, and different you know routes that they could take. And and so it's really cool whenever we see a new signing. It's just like you know, kind of. Uh, to a certain degree, brainstorming like, oh, mm. what what can they do next? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, no, th- this will be a very interesting signing here mm-hmm. for sure. Um, we also uh, were told of um, 
a what was it a verbal debate that uh, Orange Cassidy will be having with Chris Jericho uh, next week on Dynamite, and uh, that will have a special guest uh, moderator. Uh, and also announced was a rematch between Jericho and Orange Cassidy, so that should be fun. Oh yeah, who this moderator will be, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, also making his debut this week on Dynamite. Um, actually, in the middle of the match uh, with Warhorse, or or after the match rather, um, we had the Dark Order. Uh, um, kind of a was it the Dark Dark Order? No, it wasn't the Dark Order. Who was it, Stephen? Dark Order. Yes, it was actually the Dark Order. Oh, good. I'm glad, glad that we got that clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, the Dark Order came out and interfered after the match. Uh, Warhorse sacrificed himself to help Cody, but that wasn't enough. Dark Order still continued their attack. And uh, to all of our surprises, uh, the artist formerly known as Zack Ryder, you know, uh, one Mr. Matt Cardona, made his AEW debut mm-hmm. uh, to save his friend Cody. And uh, yeah, he cleared the ring looking yoked AF. Dude, he's so jacked. It, it's like <laughs> honestly ridiculous how jacked he is. It, this is very true. Um, now, I do have something here. Uh, from reporter Raj Jury uh, of uh, Wrestling Inc., uh, Cardona only signed a short-term contract with AEW, which only includes five appearances. That means Cardona may not be with the company for the long haul. It is possible that the contract could be amended and become something more permanent, but the current plan is for him to only have uh, his AEW run be brief. Um, so that is, of course, per Raj at the uh, WrestlingInc.com. Mm-hmm. Now, short-term or long-term, Stephen, how are you feeling about this appearance from Matt Cardona? I mean, I'm feeling good about it, for sure. Um, I, I'm surprised to hear that it's a short-term contract. I would have figured that AEW would, would have scooped him up immediately and just try to lock him down. Just because, like, I, Zack Ryder, for me, it, it, he was kind of, like, in the middle of, uh, you know, my time of not watching a lot of wrestling. So, uh, a, a lot of the, the Zack Ryder stuff from WWE, I, I'm not 100% familiar with. What I am 100% familiar with is the fact that he was over as all hell, uh, but never really had a lot given to him. And, and he was a very, very big fan favorite, hmm. um, which fits very well in AEW. I, I mean over just guys that are over you know mm. um so i would have expected them to just kind of lock him down um it is interesting that that they went with the short-term contract i don't know if that was uh you know matt's uh recommendation or AEW's recommendation uh, i'm not too sure mm. uh but i don't know I- i'd be cool with, with getting a long-term contract from him yeah i mean i i could definitely see that if the t-shirt news is true then possibly they may be interested in maybe having a longer deal for him. Um, it just all kind of, I guess, depends on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it's an interesting choice because kind of going back to the Warhorse thing, there was a lot of criticism for Warhorse um, and people being like, oh, well, you know, uh, don't sign him. He might not be ready. He's kind of green and blah, blah, blah. We'll get to, well, again, again, I do see some aspects of those arguments. And I'll get to that. Uh, here during the hot takes segment here momentarily. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, Matt Cardona is an interesting case where he's an obvious fan favorite, but at the same time, you know, he's... How do I say this correctly? Because I, I don't want to bury Matt in saying this, uh, but he's coming from a place that 
obviously mistreated him for so long, and we really didn't see him on TV. So he's kind of a, a very much a diminished character. So in some aspects, it's questions of, well, how relevant is he still? And in other regards, is um, is there maybe an underlying reason as to why he wasn't used uh, more frequently by WWE? True. Um, True. So, uh, again, those are questions that only Matt can really answer, and he's going to need to back that up in the ring uh, for AEW. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that I will be pleasantly surprised when that happens. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, at the same time, that, that does you know give me a little bit more... Uh, context as to why it might have been a short-term contract uh, that that's possibly AEW AEW wanting to you know test the waters uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. Well, and maybe that might be part of Matt too, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe he himself is like, well, let's see how this thing goes, and if if I, if I like it, then you know we'll see about you know trying to keep it going for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean it, this is a very interesting signing nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to kind of point out that kind of um, uh, dichotomy. I guess, within AEW fans' mindsets here. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, that being said, uh, let me see here. There was one other thing I wanted to go over. Uh, oh, yes. Um, the Revival are officially under AEW contract. They will now be uh, managed by Arn Anderson. Uh, so that's good. We saw maybe the makings of a new stable between Arn, FTR, uh, I, I guess I called them the Revival earlier. Yeah. Forgive me. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Old habits uh, die hard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Hangman Page, they all kind of celebrated with whiskey um, on the signing of FTR uh, to AEW. So that's that's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see where that, that goes. I'm, I'm very intrigued. Um, I think the pairing with Hangman makes sense. It'll be interesting. Absolutely. Um, last bit of news here. Uh, with Lance Storm no longer being in WWE, um, he never really got the retirement match that he wanted. However, per ringside news, uh, Storm has said that uh, he is open to the idea of having a final match with Chris Jericho. Uh, the two were once tag team partners uh, known as the Thrill Seekers uh, back in the day. Um, but Storm goes on to say, Well, the idea of the match was mine. I had mentioned it to, uh, for years I think the first time I did it was on Jericho's podcast. We were wrapping things up after the show, and he mentioned um, about, uh, are you going to have another match or are you done? Because I was uh, teaching at um, his my school already. Uh, I had mentioned that I had always wanted to do my last match with Jericho. I always thought it would be uh, cool to have my first and last match with the same guy. Uh, I could have done it if I had stayed retired. Uh, after One Night Stand, uh, that uh, ECW show back in 2005. Great Um, show. Yeah, it was a really good show. Um, He goes on to say, but at the time that I mentioned it, it would be really cool if we could both have our last match together and we would both start and finish uh, on the exact same note. He's like, that's a great idea. Let's make that a pact right now. Let's do it. Uh, We sort of agreed to do it, but it's going to come down to whether he, uh, on when he decides uh, he's willing to retire, or whether I'm still at that point uh, ready to have a match, or whether uh, we'll be just two uh, two old guys in a building somewhere. He says, <laughs> "Fair enough." Mm-hmm. I'd be open to doing the last match with Jericho. I'd love to do it that way. If it was a an AEW or Jericho Lance Storm Promotions or some indie show we do for ourselves, I'd be open to anything. He says. 
Lance Storm, Chris Jericho, final match. I think that would be pretty cool, Steven. Yeah, yeah. Nice little nice little exclamation point at the end of Lance Storm's career. I, I mean, why I think, not? I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I think that, um, I, I don't know if he's planning on it being like, um, I think they, if there's any place to do it, it would be AEW, I would think. Because mm-hmm. I think that would be a great match. Um but but uh, I don't know if they're trying to do it where they coincide each other's ending of their careers together or what they're trying to achieve with that. That's yeah. almost what the illusion that he makes here. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that it would be almost preferable if he if you know if, if Lance Storm is at the end of the day saying, "All right, this is it," then you know he needs to probably call it. Yeah, you know, I would say sooner rather than later, if uh, as he's very busy uh, teaching at his school. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Right. Um, How old is he now? Oh, he's he's getting there. Yeah, he's getting there. Up around Jericho's age, probably. Yeah, I would say they're pretty close in age. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple bits of news here from New Japan as well. Um, let me see here. Uh, on New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, announces its New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, as well as a tournament that will start on the new program. Uh, this show uh, will be set to feature on August the seventh, and the opening tournament uh, with the opening round of a tournament called the New Japan Cup USA. It'll be a single elimination tournament featuring eight New Japan wrestlers currently in the United States. Uh, the first round uh, will feature the following matches: Stephen, Carl Fredericks versus Kenta, nice. Jeff Cobb versus Tangaloa, David Finley versus Chase Owens. And Brody King versus Tomatonga. Wow. So okay. big stuff there. So I guess that explains your question for uh, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Japan looks like it's pretty pretty f- official. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The semifinals will take place August the 14th, and the final match will take place on August 21st. The winner of the tournament will be able to challenge for the IWGP United States Championship, which is currently held by John Moxley. Oh, snap. Yes. I like all of that. (laughs) (laughs) It would be quite fun. Yeah. It would be quite fun indeed. Um, So that is for New Japan Strong. And then also, um, uh, at New Japan's Sengoku Lord Tournament, or not tournament, Sengoku Lord Show, rather, and uh, Nagoya, uh, Kazuchika Okada teased a controversial announcement that he was going to make um, the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 title. And what this is, is a, I guess that's a tournament here. Um, starting on August 26th, eight wrestlers will be uh, uh, selected for uh, in four first-round matches. The New Japan Pro uh, Wrestling Tournament will come to an end um, in a four-way match. Uh, thus, the event will be a two-night one deciding the title holder. And now this is different than any other kind of situation because it's going to be a four-way match there, which is... Somewhat unusual in New Japan circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do like their tr- more traditional base matches. All eight wrestlers that will enter the tournament here, that'll, that will be entering the tournament, rather, will be bringing their own desired rules for the match to the first round. Um, according to Okada, the rules will are, are not limited by anything at all. He says, quote, There are all kinds of rules. You can do two out of three falls, ladder match, steel caged rules. It could be anything. Uh, following this, the fans will vote on which wrestler's rules will be followed for the singles matches. Uh, the r- winner of those 
singles matches will face each other in regular f- rules, uh, Fatal 4-Way match, and whoever wins that will be the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2020 title holder. So this is a somewhat of a tournament. Um, short guess, tournament. Short, but yeah. short tournament. Um, I don't see this as being an actual title. It's more or less like, oh, it's like the New Japan Cup winner, or oh, this right. is like this thing. They might get like a trophy or yes, something. Yes, they will be awarded uh, a trophy. There you go. There you mm-hmm. go. Um, but it sounds like this is something that may be a year-over-year event um, that, that will be going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Okada said that this was to make sure that New Japan provided something that was totally different than what can be expected from the IWGP titles. So, there you go. I mean, yeah. It, it seems really, really cool. Like, like a really, really cool concept from, mm-hmm. from New Japan. And just the, the, uh, the possibility of getting a steel cage match. Uh, put on, put on by New Japan. I, I'm I'm all for it already. Yeah, or even a ladder match, or or you know something something crazy. I'm down. Yeah, that would be quite interesting. Uh, ladder match, steel cage matches. These are all something. These are all things that are pretty unique mm-hmm. uh, uh, for for New Japan uh, as they do uh, again enjoy their more traditional style matches for sure. Uh, but yeah, I would be very very interested to see how they do this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have they said anything about who's going to be in it or or anything? Or no announcements made thus far about participants. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's New Japan news. It sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for it. Mm-hmm. You know what else I'm down for, Stephen? What's that? Some hot takes. Indeed, it's time for some hot takes here. This is a segment of the show where you, the listener, submit in your hottest takes, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions to us on Twitter. And we go ahead and read them out and uh, talk about them and give you, the listener, a shout out. Yes, indeed. Mm, bow wow. Bow wow. <laughs> wow. Yippee yo. Yippee yay. Yeah. I knew you would go there. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All righty. Uh, so let's dive down into this big old bag of hot takes. Mm, indeed, Steve. <laughs> uh, let's start with our our friend Mags, who was just on the show. Oh, hey, hey buddy. Hey, Mags. How's it going? Some crazy time travel going yeah. on here. You can find Mags All Pods, smart to death, executive vice president on Twitter Ooh. at DEJ Kirkby. Mags. Moving up those ranks like uh, fancy, yeah, like Desmond Cacciatore. You For know. real, for real. <laughs> uh, Mag says, <laughs> "Hot take. I felt like this week's NXT had two of the best matches on Wednesday with Gargano versus Strong and Swerve versus Atlas. Mm. Indeed, mm. those were actually two of the strongest matches on the entire uh, Wednesday night. I-, I felt as though NXT." Strangely enough, actually may have had a better performing night than AEW. NXT having great matches? No way. What? I know, crazy. <laughs> People always forget, NXT still has a very loaded roster. This is true. Some of the decision making is quite strange. But it can be, yeah. Um, like, for example, and <laughs> look, 
I, I don't dislike the guy. Uh-huh. Dexter Loomis yes. submitted Timothy Thatcher uh, in a three-way match with uh, Finn Balor. And as I say this, Steven is scratching his head and looking bemused by the whole thing. That wasn't even like voluntary. It, like I heard it and my brain was like, you need to scratch your head you right now. Scratch. That's, that's confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Mm. Strange right. stuff. But yes, Gargano versus Strong was excellent. Mm. Swerve versus Axel. Uh, Axel. Swerve versus Atlas. <laughs> Axel was, Rose? Axel Rose. I wouldn't be surprised. Is he still in a wheelchair? Um, I don't think so. I think okay. maybe his foot's good. Because he like shattered his ankle or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something crazy. It was like during that reunion tour that they're having. Yeah, he toured in the wheelchair. Yeah, it was the same, it's the same chair that um, they used for uh, Dave Grohl mm. when Dave Grohl had mm. a similar issue. Yeah, yeah. Dave Grohl wore it better. Well, perhaps so. Perhaps so. <laughs> Dave Grohl, also a legend. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yes, NXT still very, very good. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, Undisputed Era face turn, uh, which is uh, which is unique. Uh, yeah. They haven't done that ever. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. Kyle O'Reilly uh, fired them back up, and they're going to be having a tag team title match next week against Imperium, the tag team champions. Well, there you have it. Indeed. There you have it, indeed. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, Mags goes on to say, unpopular opinion or perhaps a fact, Hikaru Shida, as talented as she is, it was a ratings vacuum this week where the NXT women's opener was hot. Yes. Um nice. Mags, once again, spot on with his analysis here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hikaru Shida, she is very, very talented. But for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. The AEW women's division is just not clicking with fans. And I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure why that is. Because it's still very good. Um, it's just growing. It's learning. You know, There's a long process to fulfilling, uh, you know, making yourself a viable alternative in every aspect Right to the industry leader. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what it is either because, uh, I mean, we've talked about it extensively on, on this show. AEW has, has had some banger uh, women's matches like they have. But that being said, their their characters aren't really connecting with people. They're they're kind of flip floppy. The mm-hmm. the none of the champions have been extremely strong. Um, so I don't really know. It's not entirely clicking with me either. Uh, Hikaru Shida, not trying to take anything away from her. She's an insanely good wrestler. She's very, very good. Um, but I, I can see people not, you know, necessarily being able to connect with her too much. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I connect with her better than I connect with maybe Riho or Nyla Rose. Yeah. Um, for but, sure. But I think that for whatever reason, I think it's just the division as a whole is just not clicking with some sections of fans, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see here. Mags also goes on to ask, did the WWE Q2 video call and subsequent stock market price prove that Black Wednesday was the correct move from a business perspective, Stephen? I mean, from a, I mean, we said that from the beginning, from a business perspective, yeah, that's probably the right move. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, you're, it, it's we, the right move from a financial standpoint. Right. But from a business standpoint, well, it might not well, be because then from, your competitors can get, 
you know, some yeah. of these people. Even from a moral perspective, it's like... Well, yeah, but yeah. we're not talking about the moral perspective. We're, oh, yeah. You know, there, there's no room for morals in business. Oh, fair enough, then. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just how American capitalism works. Like, if, oh. you, if you have morals, then you're uh, then you're in the red, you know. Silly me for being such an idealist. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Compassionate uh, human. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like we mentioned uh, during our coverage of that call, a lot of that's due to not having to you know set up and tear down raw and smackdown every week so yeah that's a lot of cost right there moving between cities Mm -hmm. and doing all sorts of stuff like that travel Travel. expenses Mm -hmm. like yeah payroll plus their tv deals are still very much financially sound so Mm -hmm. i mean you can't really complain too much if you're a wwe right right Mm -hmm. at least a wwe executive true yeah very true steven thank you for the clarification Mm -hmm. um let me see here all right uh justin poxic at poxic justin oh and uh thank you mags uh for your questions and hot takes yes thank you Mm -hmm. uh justin poxic at poxic justin on twitter hey man how's it going justin uh non-wrestling question here what was the subject you hated most in school Math. Mm, I second that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I absolutely hated math. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was mm. my senior year. So so I just like tried to skate through on, on math. That it's a subject that I don't particularly care for. Uh, I I more enjoy like history and and, uh, and music and, and things like that. Um, but but with math, I was placed in an AP class my senior year, mm. and immediately I was like, no, this ain't happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going an entire year in an AP math course. I think it was uh, it was calculus, AP calculus, and I was like, oh. no, not happening. So I got switched into AP uh, statistics. Mm. I was like, still, this is this is not happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went into you were taking what, those big boy math classes. I, I didn't want to. I was just like placed in there. Um, mm. it, but then I got placed in, uh, math models, which is, uh, basically just on level, uh, senior math. And it was the best decision I ever made my senior year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was put into what you call simpleton math or, or barnyard math I see. Where, where, you know, you go out in the field and count how many chickens there are. Wow. Yeah. That's, 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 the, that's the math. <laughs> that's the math that I did. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, did you live in Paris, Texas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something close to there. <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, I had like a remedial math class cause I just, I, 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 math never, ever clicked with me. I was very good at other subjects, yeah, but math just never clicked with me ever. Um, and the teacher that I had was awfully weird. Like she would ah. like tell these fanciful stories of herself. Um, and like, it was just like, she was just, just weird old lady. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, eventually like. Uh, I, um, after I had graduated, I got into, like, I would get into the occasional Facebook argument with her because her politics were awfully strange. Oh, so I, I would, I would argue with her as a young idealist that I was, would. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, she went on to say that I would never amount to anything. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So well, look at me now. Well, yeah. Look at me now. Mm-hmm. Suck a fat one, Miss Craft. God. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Well, but just just real quick, I had a I had a teacher named uh, Miss Wise, right? Uh, yeah. uh, spelled exactly like the word W I S E. It's important to the story. I didn't just like say that. Um, she once tried to tell me that four times four was two. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Like, 
and she was like even with serious. My, even with my remedial chicken counting math, uh, that's not right. <laughs> that would be incorrect. I believe the right. answer is sixteen. Yeah, and that, and that I know won't... that because you can group four groups of chickens together. Mm-hmm. Exactly, each of each of four chickens. Exactly, and that's sixteen chickens. See, they know what they're teaching out in Paris, Texas. Yeah, you know, apparently. but but uh, yeah, this woman uh, this woman taught me math. Yeah. Anyways, that was that was in middle school. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think about that often, just because, like, because <laughs> of how, like, how it is just skewed. how how ludicrous it was, yeah. you know, and the fact that she's a math teacher named Miss Wise, yeah. and it's not very wise of her. No. I don't know. It's just crazy. Interesting. Anyways. Interesting. <laughs> um, let's see here. Moving right along. So yes. there you go, Justin. That's our answers. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your question. Thank you, sir. Wagons and Warpaths. Our friend Anthony uh, from Wagons underscore Warpaths on Twitter. Also part of the uh, Project Dits mm. network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he says, Vince McMahon gets too much credit for WWE being successful. He's made a living off of his dad's money, two lucky breaks, WW, uh, WCW rather, killing themselves, and backstabbing everyone and everything. Um, I, I actually see that the last part is actually kind of what makes him successful. Is mm-hmm. just his... his um, uh, his appetite and being this predator in the business world uh, who, you know, he can move only consciously of what he is doing and he's not uh, very, um, he's very willful in what he's doing but does not necessarily take what others um, suggest or what others, like, he's not, he's not, he's not that guy that uh, will share his sandbox perhaps right right well i mean it's like i was saying there, there's not a lot of place for morals and, and empathy in in business you know mm. and i'm not saying like vince is you know completely mm-hmm. uh you know like an immoral person because that's absolutely not the case but he's obviously a very good businessman so mm. you know connect the dots if you want to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean he yes vince is very lucky with some of these scenarios absolutely uh that's for sure um, but he's also very much a ruthless businessman, so I think uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B here, yeah, Stephen. I think so. Mm, indeed. Uh, Matt G, a.k.a. Matthias Black of Rise Pro, at IllustriousMG40 on Twitter. He says, hot take. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did not expect that. Hot take. It's a little one. Zack Sabre Jr. is a better technical wrestler than Daniel Bryan. Yes. Mm, interesting. Interesting take there, Stephen. Um, I'll throw you a curveball here. Zack Sabre Jr. is a better technical wrestler than Daniel Bryan, but he is not a better technical wrestler than Bryan Danielson. Mm. 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 I see. Mm. I see. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll leave you with that thought. You, get, you guys can stew on that. Yeah, here. I, d- I uh, didn't have a lot of time with Brian Danielson, so I, uh-huh. I know Daniel Bryan as WWE Daniel Bryan. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go back and look look at some more stuff. Perhaps so, Stephen. Perhaps so. Uh, every th- So, thank you, uh, Matt, for your question. Um, everything Pro Wrestling uh, on Twitter at EPW Show. Our friend Conrad. How's it going, Conrad? Hello. Um, Conrad has a few different questions here, and one of them involves a picture that I'll have to show Steven. Okay. Um, question one Is it time to break up the inner circle? Hmm, Steven. I mean, 
I don't know. It's definitely not as like, I don't want to say it like this, but it's not as entertaining as it used to be. I'll say that for sure. Uh, I, I mean, it kind of almost has like the Brody Lee vibe to it where it's like, okay, Dark Order was cool. And then Brody Lee came in and it's like, oh my God. But then he loses the title and it's like, okay, it doesn't really matter anymore. And that's kind of, I feel like where Inner Circle is right now. Now, Inner Circle is, uh, you know, everyone in Inner Circle is very entertaining in their own right. And I'm not saying Inner Circle is not entertaining, Mm -hmm. but they're definitely not where they used to be, especially when uh, Jericho was the champion. Uh, That was peak Inner Circle for sure. Um, I don't know. They could get away with breaking them up. I I do think that. Um, But at the same time, I mean, they've been rocking with Dark Order for so long. I, I don't... I don't think they're going to break up Inner Circle just because they can necessarily. Mm. I think that um, I think that a breakup is imminent, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what I liked the most was like when they were doing like those segments and montages and stuff like that, um, uh, and, and you kind of got to know the inner circle a little bit better. I really liked that aspect of the inner circle. They've kind of shied away from that and they're, they, they still have like, they're very much their characters. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, obviously with Eddie Kingston coming back and him having a big history with, um, Santana and Ortiz, that makes things uh, a little bit interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I could definitely still see, you know, Jericho and Sammy still being together along with, um, Jake Hager, but proud and powerful splitting off. I could certainly see something like that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a face turn for proud and powerful there. Um, for maybe, sure. Maybe a little feud there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, like you said, I don't think that they should break up inner circle just because they can, at least mm-hmm. not right now. I think there's, it's going to take some time for sure. For sure. I, I definitely like the idea of a uh, proud and powerful splitting off with Eddie Kingston though, and mm. maybe doing some kind of face turn. Hmm. Like, like maybe Eddie Kingston like uh, brings on the wrath of the inner circle or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then the proud and powerful are kind of off on the side, and they're like, "Man, this is kind of messed like, up. I don't really want to do this." Our mentor, right? right. And, and then that can kind of turn into maybe uh, you know Jericho, Guevara, and Hager versus proud and powerful and Kingston. Yep. 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 That's like, my that's my thing. I like it. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Second question here from uh, from Conrad. According to wrestling sites, do you think NXT needs new writers? Overall thoughts on the brand right now? Um, well, NXT writers are WWE writers at this point because right. of um, the WWEification of NXT since going to USA Network. I mm-hmm. think that's um, now it is as, as clear and as apparent as possible um, uh, that there has been a major shift in the line of thinking for NXT. Uh, it's a, it's almost night and day, the product, from what it was to what it is now. Yeah. Um, and that does make me a bit sad, for sure. Um, does NXT new, need new writers? Um WWE in general needs new writers, right? Like, it, right. like they they are no longer doing things that are cutting edge. Um, it, I think I only had maybe one example last night of where storytelling was actually well thought out and consistent with a pre existing storyline that they had, mm-hmm. um, and that was when um, Alexa Bliss was attacked by the Fiend, right? Um, you know, because of the Braun Strowman angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
it, it's things like that that really kind of upset me and that, you know, um, they, they have these little nuggets of things that are going on that are actually consistent and good and that are well told. And then, like, and, and actually all of them right now involve the women's division in some way. And then whereas the men's division is just like, all right, well, we're going to just hot shot a bunch of stuff right. and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. So that makes me sad. Um, I think, yeah, definitely an overhaul needs to be done. Um, and obviously, I think that at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is the one responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the buck stops with him. So, I mean, he would be the one in my mind uh, where changes need to start. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, definitely. I, I mean, do they need new writers? Uh, possibly. Uh, maybe go back to their uh, their their old writing. Uh, you know, maybe bring on some new writers. I don't know. Something needs to change, though, for sure. Um, but who knows? Mm. I, I do agree with your point, though, that it, mm-hmm. I, NXT writing is WWE writing, mm-hmm. and WWE needs new writers. So, in a roundabout way, yes, it is the answer to your question. You know. <laughs> Indeed, Stephen. Well, I'm going to have you come on over here to take a look at this picture real quick here. Uh, Conrad asks, I know that we had a discussion about ranch versus blue cheese, but let's talk about what's wrong with this picture. It is a picture of what looks to be about, what, 10, yeah, about 10 wings, maybe 12. Um, it, and it looks only partially eaten. Um, this looks like it actually took place at a Pluckers based on the plating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think of, you're of right. here. Um, and, and when I say that they're partially eaten, I mean like they are actually, each wing is simply just partially eaten. Yes. It looks like they just bit the crispy parts off of it, and uh, and that's about it. Picture is captioned, I'm stuffed, LMAO, completely demolished these wings. No, you didn't. Yeah. You no, didn't. you didn't. Yeah, you, you completely noobed those wings. Yeah. You didn't do nothing there. Yeah, you half-assed each wing. Yeah, you, you, you I don't even think you half-assed it, you just... You know, you didn't even attempt. Like you just, right. you you failed. Right, that's what you did. You failed. You failure. You Good. failed at eating wings. Wow. Okay. Um, what a, what a garbage person. Okay. To <laughs> to kind of taper off of that, I will say you have great choice in wings. Yeah. Going to Pluckers. Pluckers, Pluckers is fan- has fantastic wings. Um, yeah. But let's talk about these wings, Tanner. Yeah. Let's talk about it now. I'm not of the mindset where like there's some people where it's like, oh, you gotta lick it down to the bone. Like like you have to get every little piece off. And I'm not saying that, right? But like you didn't eat them. You didn't yeah. eat all the wing. No, you didn't. There's there's like half to three quarters of of meat still left on that bone. So I, w- I would say even more. I would say this each wing is about only ten percent eaten. Like birds eat more. Right. <laughs> Um, like this is this is pathetic. Oh, as, as somebody who can really look, here's the deal, man. When I eat, I want food to be scared of me. I want I want to instill fear in my food. Of course, right? It's very important. I don't think you understand. I, I'm listening. It needs it. Look. I am the one in control here. Okay. I am the captain now. Okay. 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 You, you didn't. You you didn't even attempt. Like this is this is pathetic. <laughs> like this is just awful. <laughs> like this is this is this actually should be a crime. Like this this oh. level of food waste should be criminal. Like like you know. Yeah. Well, I I mean they they paid you know fourteen dollars f- to eat like 
a quarter of the food, if that. I can only assume they ate the fries. I mean... I can I, only assume they ordered a combo, because why wouldn't you? But... Oh, I mean, I don't see any any fries near that plate. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they finished them. Or maybe they weren't there. Or maybe they weren't there at all. Who knows? Mm. This is pathetic. It, whoever, I mean, whoever, yeah. whoever did this should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. I mean, you're you're getting really intense, Tanner. Very upset. I, I understand. I can see that. Let's move along to the next question okay. before I... Yeah. All I'm gonna say is like I know people who eat the bones, and I'm not I'm not that person. No, that, that's that's, but, that's too far. But that's that's not enough. Just order order five wings and eat all of them, and then you yeah. would still be stuffed. Like you don't have to order twelve, eat a piece of it, and then be like, oh my god, I'm so full. Like mm. save yourself like seven dollars and get the five wings mm-hmm. and, and eat all of it, and, and you know you'll still be just as full and probably even more satisfied because you actually. You know, cleaned your plate. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Good. I, I um, thank you for being rational. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, uh, Conrad, for your question. Yes, thank you. Um, Project that wasn't him eating the wings, was it? No. Okay. No, I can only assume that this is uh, some pathetic excuse for an eater. I see. Um. <laughs> Uh, fiery yeah fiery during these hot takes project dits our friend dits over at project dits on twitter Mm -hmm. Uh, the aew world title belt is an eyesore hmm i like it yeah i think it's a good belt yeah looks good um it's no iwgp championship no but it's a good looking belt yeah it's better than a giant w yeah Um, yeah the jelly belt Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we've talked about that belt extensively. I mean, I like I like the AEW title. Um, I don't know. I will say that the uh, there is a, a particular level of gaudiness, perhaps the AEW title. Um, it's very it's very large. It's a very big title. Yeah. It's very intricate. So like I mm. I can see why people might not like it. Um, mm. I personally like it, but yeah. I, I mean, whatever. You're you're allowed to think what you want. You yeah. know, I will say you are, fix the TNT title though. You you are a person. Um, you are as as long as you can clean a plate of twelve wings, then um, you've got no room to upset me. <laughs> Fair enough, Tanner. Fair enough. Is is that like your judge of a person? Can you can you finish twelve wings? Sorry, I was seeing red. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your judge of character? Yeah, yeah. It, like, if you can, can you put can away you can wings? you eat food? Can you eat food? Okay. Then yeah, you're a person. Okay, I see. Yeah, even even Millie here is, oh, she's is, a person. is more of a person mm-hmm. than uh, oh, yeah. than this person who uh, clearly has a beak. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. not you know a, and a, a tail of some sort. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, <laughs> be interesting to watch Millie put away twelve wings. I think she could do it. Oh, she could ab- absolutely do it. <laughs> like I like I wouldn't want to clean up after her later. No, it would take like a minute. Like. <laughs> Ain't that right, Millie? Yeah, yeah. She, she says that's right. Yeah, she says that's right. She she went and had her checkup today, so she's she's just chilling out. Um, so uh, yes, thank you, Dits, for your question. Thank you. Um, United by Wrestling, our friends at United by Wrestling podcast at UTD by Wrestling. Uh, not a hot take, but a question. 
who do you guys want to see Eddie Kingston face now that he is signed to AEW? Uh, we talked about this a little bit here, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I do think that maybe him having a piece in the splintering um, you know, of Inner Circle in the long run could be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most logical step with him, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- just from like a an actual like story building perspective, mm-hmm. uh, but just from like a this would be an awesome match perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, love to see him with Moxley. Mm-hmm. Love to see him with Brody Lee, Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, there, there's so many. Yeah, there, there's really so many. There, there's a lot of really great wrestlers. In Lance AW. Archer, Lance Archer, yeah, mm-hmm. Wardlow, mm-hmm. Darby, Darby, Darby. Would be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and then you could always do an angle where if they did split up, um, you know, proud and powerful, uh, from inner circle, you could always have inner circle higher, uh, the, um, uh, who is it? The dark order. Mm. And then they could become the outer circle. <clears throat> See myself out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> You just gave me the idea of of the Dark Order becoming this like mercenary faction yeah. where where they just get like recruited as like muscle. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds cool. Yeah, to me. Yeah, I think that'd be a unique plot twist. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> outer circle. Outer circle. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. Get Show Comedy Wrestling Podcast at Get Show Podcast, and uh, thank you, United by Wrestling, for your question. By the way, yes, thank you. Get Show a Comedy Wrestling Podcast asks, "What are some wrestlers' entrance songs that could be listened to while having sex?" A topic that we had on this week's sweaty session. What if I become? <laughs> <laughs> I become. I become. I become. Hey, hey. Yeah, no, Judas, that could, that could be one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I mean, uh, Sexy Boy by Shawn Michaels is probably, of course. probably yeah. up there. That's more of like an entrance song. Like you're about to like, you're like walking into the room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a sexy boy. <laughs> sexy boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no Chance uh, by <laughs> Vince McMahon's theme. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just strut, strutting in. Um, now I'm thinking of uh, the game from <laughs> Triple H <laughs> by Motorhead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wrestler themes. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm sure there's some some other good ones. Uh, Macho Man uh, mm. with when he, pomp and circumstance. Mm. Uh, Ric Flair's music. Uh, the <laughs> uh, the uh, you know what is that called? I don't know what it. I don't know what that like style is called. The classical style. I mean, it's classical, but it's it's like almost mm-hmm. like, uh, like Olympic uh, almost. Two thousand one, a space odyssey, is I think what it's called. No, oh, there's based you go. on the on the that's from the movie. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were about to say space on the moon. Space like, on the moon. What is that? Yeah, space on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a flat Earth theory documentary. Yeah. From yeah. from twenty fourteen. Space on the moon. <laughs> Um, let's see here. I don't know, Steven. I mean, to... really, really all of them. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's not a lot that wouldn't work. M- MVP's theme, I'm coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, I think that's the best one, really. Nobody can stop me. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus. It just depends on what you're into, I guess. <laughs> 
I suppose so. Yeah, I've never really thought about listening to wrestling music um, in that kind of mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this, this is a good question. I think uh, MVPs wins. Yeah, yeah, I think so. For sure. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, this is a particular racy episode, I guess. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, let's see here. So thank you, Gitcho, for your question. Do yes, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, they they also do have a hot take. Sensational Sherry and Luna Vachon were better managers slash valets than Miss Elizabeth. Uh, old school top. Uh, old school hot take rather. Uh, Sherry is top five of all time. I don't disagree. Uh, Sensational Sherry probably top five manager. Um, though Miss Elizabeth, I don't know. I think there's there's something so charming about Miss Elizabeth, and that maybe maybe while her character. Um, I think her character is good, um, but also that, um, I don't know, I, I, I like her just a little bit better overall as a, um, as a character compared to Sensational Sherry, even though Sensational Sherry's managerial skills are probably better, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, so yeah. I like her makeup. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Yes. Let's see here. We're we're actually currently watching a NBA game, the Utah Jazz versus the OKC Thunder. And if you pay close attention, uh, those seats are filled with fans who are watching the game from their computer using a webcam, and it's kind of freaking me out. That's really I do not like that at all. <laughs> uh, goodness, no, I don't um, like that. That's weird. Uh, Noob and Co, our friend Noob and Co on Twitter at Noob underscore N underscore Co 1991. Uh, Noob asks, uh, or rather says, hot take, Asuka, Bailey, and Sasha Banks are the MVPs of the Performance Center timeline in 2020. These three pull the best matches and, of course, the best storyline they're having right now. Steven, what do you think? Uh, I definitely agree with the Asuka point of that, for sure. Uh, but the Bailey and Sasha stuff for me is not really clicking. I know I'm in the minority there, but well, yeah, you you and I stand a little bit divided on that particular subject. But I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I I, th- I think that they these three ladies truly are the MVPs so far of WWE's, uh, you know, uh, 2020. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I will say from WWE's 2020, yes, yes. All right, good deal then. Well, thank you, Noob and Co, for your hot take. Yes, thank you. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. Drunk on Tacos returns once again to the hot takes list here. Yes. Uh, hashtag Drunk on Tacos at Drunk on Tacos on Twitter. Uh, Drunk on Tacos says, Tuesday night is a better wrestling night than Monday or Friday. Uh, Tuesday night, of course, being for uh, Impact Wrestling. Mm. Uh, so what do you think, Stephen? Is, uh, is Impact Wrestling putting on better shows and performances than uh, Raw and SmackDown? Uh I mean, from what I catch from Impact, uh, yeah, probably. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown really just, they haven't clicked for me in a while. And I mean, six months to a year at this point. It's it's just kind of lackluster for me. I don't watch a lot of Impact, but from what I do catch, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you? Um, hmm. I think it's just about what you want out of your, um, I guess out of your wrestling. I I think that Very impact diplomatic answer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think impact is a much more viable, much more um, uh, competitive roster, perhaps, 
as opposed to WWE, which has its very clear hierarchies right. of things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think in some aspects, yeah, it does make Impact more entertaining overall uh, than SmackDown or, or Raw. I still think that SmackDown and Raw have their place uh, because of how promising of a roster that they that they have in WWE. The problem is that they're not implementing that roster correctly. Right. Um, so, again, just to beat a dead horse there, do the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, if WWE was consistent, then there's not a lot of people that would be able to touch them with the with the type of rosters that they have mm. on Raw and SmackDown. The the problem that WWE has, and, and I'm not saying WWE never does anything correct because they all they absolutely do. The WWE's problem is their consistency. That's the problem. Just extremely high peaks every now and then, and, and a lot of really bad lulls. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I would agree with this. I would agree with this for sure. Um, let me see here. Also, per my last hot take, keep in mind that Snoop Dogg is in the WWE Hall of Fame and has, uh, and was the host of WrestleMania 24. Uh, this is true, uh, per Drunk on Tacos, um, hot take last week regarding Sasha Banks' high-profile personality and her high-profile family outside of WWE and how that compares to, uh, Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair. I see. Um... Again, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that Sasha Banks um, has advantages in having Snoop Dogg as a family member. I, I, I'm not discrediting that at all, but I don't think that she necessarily made her name on Snoop right. Dogg, whereas Charlotte Flair, uh, clearly her last name helps her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think there's levels to it, whereas like WWE is not a music they have music, obviously, but it's not a music industry. It's not a music company. Right. If it was, then yeah, Sasha Banks, you know, riding on the coattails of Snoop Dogg would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE, however, is a wrestling company. The name Flair is synonymous with wrestling. Um, therefore, when you have Charlotte Flair and Charlotte consistently invokes her father's name. I think that there is that perception that there is some favoritism in that regard. For sure. For sure. Hmm. I think this is a, a bigger question than just wrestling, though. Because, like, if if you have a famous relative, you probably have an easier go. I mean, True. that's just that's that's just how the world works. Sometimes. You know? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But thank you, Drunk on Tacos, for your question. Very thought-provoking stuff here. Yes, thank you. Mm, indeed. Finger guns. Finger guns there. Pew, pew. Uh, oh, we've got another one here actually here from Matt G, a.k.a. Matthias Black of Rise Pro at IllustriousMG40 on Twitter. He says, Pack will be the one to beat John Moxley for the AEW title whenever he comes back. Mm. What do you think there, mm. Steven? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. Pack mm. is great. Mm-hmm. Pack is really, really great. And and I'd love to see him back. I mean, whether he takes the title off of Moxley or not, I'm, I want him back. Um yeah, I mean, why not? I I, w- mm. I wouldn't be upset with that necessarily. I mean, uh, Moxley's reign obviously it's kind of had a damper put on it a tiny bit with with this COVID stuff. Uh, maybe in the future, give him another run uh, when, whenever all this COVID stuff's o- over and he's able to actually have the title reign that he was wanting to have. Uh, and, and then for now, just kind of give give the people something different, you know, and, and pack. He's a very fan favorite. A lot of people like Pac. He's very, very capable in the ring. So He's a very good heel. He is a very good heel. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to this either. The question I have is, will MJF do it first? That is my question. Yeah. Because there, there seems to be a lot of uh, fanfare with the possibility of MJF beating John Moxley for the title. And it's actually quite surprising, um, though not undeserved on MJF's part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a very, very good performer. Uh, so we will have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, that that's another one that I would be okay with, you know. Uh, I don't know. Moxley's title reign, it's, uh, I don't want to say disappointing because it's not his fault necessarily. Um, but you know, we kind of got robbed uh, of like the last little bit uh, of his, of his reign. So if we can like hit reset on the championship, give it to someone else. And then, like I said, maybe give the title to Moxley again down the line, maybe, maybe make Moxley the first two time or something like that. Uh, I mean, possibly we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they do a good job of building him as one of their top stars, so I'm not, uh, I would not be entirely surprised if that was the case here. Mm-hmm. Uh, DBW Podcast, uh, our friend Damien at DBW Podcast on Twitter, and thank you again, Matt, for your uh, second question there. Mm-hmm. Uh, DBW Podcast asks, or rather says, hot take. Um, <laughs> AEW hasn't been as big of a revolution as people thought. Um... Hmm. I mean that that goes down to what the individual person was expecting AEW to do. True, you know, um, like like if you hmm. were expecting AEW to come in here and just completely topple WWE and have them go bankrupt within a year, yeah. I don't think anyone's surprised that that didn't happen. Right, right, you know. But if your expectation was for AEW to come in and consistently put out quality shows and make a consistent second viable option to American wrestling programming, then they were successful and they did that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it really just comes down to what the the individual was expecting to happen. Right, right. Well, and I think there's only two... There's only two, only a certain degree that you can reinvent the wheel. Right. right? Um, it, it, it would be unfair to be like, oh, well, AEW's you know, not thinking outside the box here. Or they're not doing something different, so, I mean... <coughs> Stadium Stampede. Yeah, well, there you go. Like, if AEW <laughs> came out at that first pre- press conference and was like, look, we're going to be the greatest clown wrestling organization on the planet. And it was like, what? <laughs> Clearly, all of us would be scratching our heads. Right. And then they had these five-star matches with people dressed in clown gear and dressed up in with the makeup and everything as clowns. Then... I mean, that's revolutionary. That's pretty revolutionary, yeah. But, I mean, to what degree is that uh, is that viable or is that uh, constructive or entertaining? Mm-hmm. You know, it uh, doesn't make any sense to me. Um, again, not that they have to do something that extreme or that weird. Right. But um, I, I don't know if they were looking to do anything revolutionary uh, to the degree where they are going to reinvent how wrestling is... Um, televised or how wrestling is presented or how wrestling feels perhaps right um but what i do think is that they obviously disrupted an industry in which there was one main 
juggernaut, this giant, in a field of smaller independent companies. And they have disrupted that system to where there's now a second, larger American-based company uh, in the world, uh, or in the United States, rather, um, that has uh, definitely dealt some big blows to WWE um, in, in many different regards. Things that were not deemed possible uh, previously. It was not deemed possible that an independent wrestling organization uh, or a, a, a wrestling company without the name WWE could fill a 10,000-seat arena and sell it out. AEW did that mm-hmm. multiple times over. Yeah. So um, I think in that regard, AEW is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. They, they've disrupted the system, um, but uh, as, as an alternative, I don't think it's supposed to be a a revolution in the sense that we are getting a completely different wrestling product. Right. It's not necessarily a replacement you know, it, it's right. Yeah, it's not like uh, Lucha Underground, which did, did cinematic wrestling and did this in a completely different way. It's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I do appreciate that because that's a very thought provoking question. Yes, yes, so, definitely. So thank you, DBW, for your hot take. Thank you, uh, Marie Shadows at Marie underscore Shadows on Twitter. Uh, how's it going, Marie? Hello. Uh, let me see here. Marie says, I get tired of Twitter wrestling fans wanting to sign all, uh, sign the still green wrestlers that has a zero to two years experience just because they saw one mediocre match on dark or dynamite. AEW can't sign everybody. Hell with my horrible bumps. I should be signed. My bumps are bad. So that's, I'm sorry about your bumps, Marie. Yes. Um, my condolences uh, regards to your bumps. Yes. Um, so this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? Um, I think that there's there's a lot of division about Warhorse specifically, and whether or not he actually had a good match, which is which is quite strange. Uh, some people say you know he had a great match, and half the other people are saying he didn't have a good match, or or rather it was a mediocre match that he didn't blow people away. Um, so I I did ask uh, Marie for more insight into this here. Um, and it's not necessarily specific, I think, to, you know, what she's saying about Warhorse, but, but a lot of people in general, um, she does go on to elaborate a little bit and I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to understand perhaps where she's coming from. So she's saying that the Warhorse character himself has been around for two years, but Warhorse, the wrestler, the, the, you know, who he was before Warhorse, he was on the wrestling circuit since 2013, so he's not really green, um, you know, as, as you've pointed out, Marie. Um, so I, I can't really say that he's he's green in that regard. Um, she says that uh, she just expected more from him during his match with Cody since Warhorse is experienced enough to give Cody a clinic. Perhaps. Um, Warhorse could have turned up the seriousness since Cody underestimated him, so yeah, the hype was just hype. Um... Yes and no. You still have to remember that Cody is the champion. Cody is the guy with the belt. He has everything to lose. Now, there were glimpses of Cody certainly underestimating Warhorse. I think that was made very clear in the match. Mm-hmm. And I would invite anybody, um, Marie or otherwise, to, to, to watch the match again and, and see uh, those things play out. Uh, because there are certainly those occasions in the match where Cody is underestimating Warhorse. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, the story of the match is that while Cody underestimated him, he still had the experience and, wo- and wherewithal because Cody is the much more experienced wrestler. 
overall uh, and has actual collegiate wrestling experience uh, to take over the match and uh, that he has a higher, for lack of a better phrase, pedigree uh, than Warhorse, uh, for example. Right. Um, so, or at least that's the case at this time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that makes Warhorse a bad wrestler, though. I think that he actually performed very admirably. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think this this comes down to, I, I mean, is it self-imposed hype? You know what I mean? Like, like you, you can't build something up as, as like, this is going to be the greatest match on Dynamite ever and then be upset when it's not. They never told you it was going to be the greatest match ever. Right. They, they never told you Warhorse was the most talented wrestler of all time. Like, you, you can't. You can't put this match and, and Warhorse on a pedestal as like yeah. you, you know the second coming of wrestling Jesus, uh, yeah, and, and then be upset yeah. when it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean it's not. Uh, he, I don't think anybody was clamoring for Warhorse with the imagination that he was going to be the next Kenny Omega. Right. That that would be that would be far too extreme. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm aware of. I think the people that were aware of Warhorse's work um, very much, I guess, identified with him and uh, were excited to see where he was going to go uh, with his AEW performance. That I definitely get. Um, and, and Marie seems to be very familiar with Warhorse's work um, on the independent circuit herself. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think a lot of the same people, like, like a lot of the more AEW-centric hardcore fans... Uh, and casual fans of AEW more or less maybe felt underwhelmed by Warhorse, perhaps. I, I saw him as a pretty uh, pretty big um, and, and impressive uh, performer who I'd like to see more of, personally. Yeah. I mean, should AEW um, sign everybody? No. No, absolutely of course, not. of course not. Right. Like, I think... And... and, and <laughs> This kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. There were people who were clamoring for, for and, and super over the moon about the Matt Cardona appearance and his signing, but got affronted by Warhorse making a one-off appearance against Cody mm-hmm. and people saying that Warhorse should be signed. Mm-hmm. My thinking is here, Warhorse is a new talent that you can build up, whereas Matt Cardona, this is not his fault per se, is somebody who is coming from a place where he has had over a decade's worth of WWE discrediting and dismantling his character. Mm-hmm. That's sad, but it's not untrue. Right. Right. It's better in my mind to have a fresh start with a fresh character than to, you know, try and find some magic in a bottle with somebody who has been discredited um, mm-hmm. by a company for over a decade, which is sad. And maybe that's not fair to Matt, um, but I, I see where your head's at, though, for sure. Uh, and I mean, to to a certain degree, I can agree with that. You know, like building a, a new character uh, is always going to be more th- more worthwhile. I think, uh, no matter how long that that takes necessarily. Mm. Um, and also, you know, just kind of going back a little bit, you know, it, it's very easy to see like. Uh, like the announcement from Cody on, on Twitter where it's like, oh, you guys asked for it and, yep. and now we're getting Wardlow and then you see the responses from that. War Horse. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Wardlow. Uh, War Horse. <laughs> and then you see the responses to that tweet and everyone's like, oh my God, yes, I've been I've been waiting for this. Oh my God, this is so exciting. Yeah. And then you, 
just based on that one tweet and those five replies, now you have this this idea in your head that Warhorse like is like gonna be like this in like it's gonna be this crazy insane match. Yeah. It's just like you you read like six sentences and now you put mm-hmm. this idea in your head. You know, like yeah. like just take it for what it is. Yeah, like it's an announcement. Warhorse is going to be on Dynamite. Yeah. Cool. Let's see how the match goes. Right. But don't try to like have these preconceived notions about it before you even see it. Right. And, and then, you know, get upset when it's not that necessarily. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to uh, you know, attack or target Marie. Yeah. Necessarily. Absolutely, absolutely I, I, not. This is not a is not a, a target on, on her. But I think this no. is a very thought provoking conversation that does need uh addressing for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you for the question. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic question and a fantastic point of view because it, it, these are the questions that really challenge and make us think too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Yeah. Um, I think there is a large section of fans of AEW and of wrestling in general that will always say to the alternative companies, you know, you know, that you don't want to be WWE light and you don't want to sign up all of the ex WWE guys and become that promotion, right? Which is true. Which is true. And I'm just saying, wouldn't you rather hire up and build these new characters as you put it, rather than going and signing Matt Cardona and Brody Lee and you know, all these other people. I think right. you should be, I think that AEW going forward, perhaps needs to be more selective about who they're signing. Um, and not just sign anybody under the moon. Like right. uh, signings like Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio are worthwhile signings because those are big gets. If mm-hmm. you can get them right. Signings like Matt Cardona give you a cheap pop for maybe a month. Right. Um, and then you remember, Oh yes, that's Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. Oh, AEW's not going to fulfill for Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona what they were going to do, uh, or, or or be any kind of viable alternative. That just makes you look like you have egg in the face. So yeah, it's true. I don't know. This is true. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, but yes, Marie, thank you, and much applause to you for your question. Very thought-provoking, very much appreciated, and uh, yeah, it's a fantastic alternative perspective to maybe what Steven and I share, and I, I think that there's a lot more people like Marie out there who mm-hmm. uh, who, who feel the same way. Um, so yeah, thank you for addressing that. Yeah, thank you. Um, let me see here. Oh, there's some, some stuff over there on the floor. No, you're, you're fine. Um, let me see. Uh, SW12 at NEPATS underscore AW underscore WWE. Mm, there you go. All right. Big fan of uh, the Patriots and wrestling. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So SW12 on Twitter uh, asks, um, or rather says, Monday Night Raw should be four hours from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. at night. Steven, what do you think? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Why not, Steven? Come on. Three hours ain't too bad, is it? They already have a problem filling the three hours that they have now. Mm. And, they, and they already fill it with, like, randomness. Just, like, random, <laughs> random ludicrousness. So, like, mm. you want another hour of that tacked on? But, Steven, if they had another hour, then maybe they could put more people on the show. Just put more people on the show. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's I think that's a fair point. 
I think that is a fair point, Stephen. I think it. I think you get. Uh, I think you would get a more consistently quality product if it was a two-hour show than a three-hour show, and God mm. forbid, a four-hour show. Perhaps, perhaps so, Stephen. That's just my opinion, though. <laughs> well, thank you. I, we appreciate your question, or rather, your hot take, SW12. Thank you again. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's see here. Um, good cop, bad cop wrestling podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, apparently, from what I've heard others say, Raw was really good this week. It was the first time I had thought about this in a few months. Apparently, it's a hot take, as I've heard lots of people did not like it. Well, I think you're talking to two of those people. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, I don't know if I could consider Raw to be good this week. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think WWE uh, definitely gave us the uh, the tip of the hat with um, the Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre feud heading into SummerSlam, so that would mm-hmm. be exciting. Um, and then they're doing a... They're actually having another full pay-per-view the following week after SummerSlam, Stephen. Right it, on. That's... Um, that's a lot of wrestling. It is a lot of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that, that's cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I will now. watch it. It's my it's my birthday weekend that weekend. So happy birthday, Tanner! Oh well, thank you. We're almost there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just just under a month left of being in my twenties, so yeah. I'm just uh, trying to soak this in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, good cop, bad cop, wrestling podcast for your hot take. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, and then last but not least, of course, Mike Charlip at MikeJC82 on Twitter. Our friend Mike. Uh, how is it going, Mike? Hey, Mike. Hope you're well. Um, Mike is saying, let's see here. Other than Kevin Owens, who blatantly says on TV that he knows better, uh, why does Vince love booking his baby faces as idiots who either have no friends or have friends but having them as a burden on their career? Uh, I, I mean, I think it just comes down to, like, really trying to overplay the underdog kind of thing Hmm. you know what i mean and and just really trying to trying to like nail down the fact or not the fact but the idea that there is no way that this baby face is going to win you know what i mean like like they're they're not smart enough to win they're not big enough they're They're not not, cunning enough they're not they're not like exactly they're not enough like vince to win exactly hmm yeah interesting interesting they're too they're too Mm gold-hearted interesting take steven i mean that that's just kind of what i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you think um yeah i mean i i i am sad about the stupid baby face thing right i mean Um, yeah but it it, i mean it's where we are now it is what it is you know what i mean like this is true this is status quo yeah Um, it's nothing new maybe the way that we should look at it and and um you know maybe i'm coming across as much of a revisionist a historic revisionist here when it comes to wrestling history but maybe just maybe we need to look at people like stone cold steve austin as maybe a unicorn in the fact that uh he was really just the only smart baby face or one of very few smart baby faces uh in a (laughs) in a uh, wrestling uh lore who was smarter and more capable than everybody else right Uh, that's a very dangerous road that we could go down (laughs) but it is something worth thinking about um 
Interesting. Um, Mike also goes on to say, I'm growing so tired of apologists of any brand of wrestling. To uh, to some, AEW can do no wrong because it's not WWE. To others, WWE can do no wrong because they are the longest running. Why is it so hard for people to like or criticize both equally? Uh, he goes on to say, AEW has obvious flaws just like WWE, and people will go out, uh, out of their way to say, I don't care, it's better than WWE. Uh, when that 10-man tag match this week uh, was WWE booking to a T. Let's not forget that the women's division uh, has been very lackluster, he says. Yes, I agree with all of that. I agree for the most part. I I agree with what he's saying fundamentally and at its core that is... um, uh, It would be hypocritical not to judge both equally. Right, for for sure. Right. Um, that being said, um, I don't think that I, I think there's only certain avenues, I guess, and more specifically about his point with the 10 man tag match, okay. that, that, that there's only certain avenues that you can take sometimes in certain matches. Right. Like, um, I think we, as we said earlier, AEW, I don't think is out to reinvent the wheel here. Um, but they are here to be a, an alternative, uh, to maybe what, um, what WWE's been providing for decades. Um, and so I think that more fan-friendly fan interaction, listening to people, using social media and engaging to, you know, get an idea, a proper idea of, um, you know, kind of uh, where the direction of the company is going to go. I think that that's important. But, um, I mean, they're not going to go out of their way to just have a banger of a 10-man tag match. Uh, those are typically... Uh, good for like advancing storytelling, like New for J- sure. like New Japan does. Mm-hmm. So that's. I, I mean, yeah, I, I I can agree with that for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we've always said we'd like to call a spade a spade, you know. And, yes. And WWE absolutely does some good things. They do a lot of bad things. AEW also does some bad things as well. And, and I mean, we we try to call it out as as we see it. Um, mm-hmm. you know. I, I do agree with you though. Like I, I think that's a very, I think it's a very healthy mindset to have as a fan is to you know be able to to really not just think oh WWE good AEW bad or vice versa, mm. but but really like think about what you actually enjoy watching and, and don't don't just watch right. it because it's what you're familiar with. Like watch it because you enjoy it and actually want to watch it mm-hmm. you know well and and i think that uh, that kind of goes into something that um i think there was a question on here that i can no longer find i'm not sure if it's deleted or if it's just hidden from me or what the deal is but there there was somebody who was talking about how like they were upset that the um the brian alvarez's and the dave Meltzer's and the iwc's and the smarks of the world are you know, controlling this narrative of WWE versus AEW and how, you know, when WWE goes out of business, we're all going to be sad for it. Um, A, WWE is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Uh, B, um, I'm not either, I'm not even really a big fan of, um, like, this narrative control uh, storyline, or, or not even a storyline, but narr- this, this this narrative of control uh, that wrestling journalism has over wrestling. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. I will say in full transparency, um, we've been uh, featured 
in a minor way on the Wrestling Observer newsletter before regarding the, th- the signing of Timothy Thatcher, mm-hmm. um, to which I, you know, that was not necessary, but I thank Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez for including us in that. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, if you're getting your information right about wrestling, if, if you choose to look behind the curtain, right, um, get more than one source. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. 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 Just like anything else, anything else news related, you should always check and verify multiple sources from multiple points of view. Yep. I. I, I mean. If we were in the position of Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, which we are not, um, you know, I would still recommend, hey, you know, take our, you, you can take our word for it if you want to, but I would still advise that you go and listen to other people, mm-hmm. right? Get different perspectives on things, get different, you know, listen to other people uh, talk about stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because if you are simply going to base your opinion on someone's narrative of things, um, that's only one perspective. And if you're going to look at that from a negative lens and say, well, this person's wrong about everything, but they seem to get all this publicity, then, I mean, that's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. This is true. But, yeah, that's uh, that's that's just my take on it. Uh, last but not least, Mike Charles uh, on Twitter at MikeJC821 goes on to say, um, Vince claimed in the earnings call that they plan to make new stars. Does that mean, he, does does he mean it, or is he saying that so we can expect it and they get more of Baron Corbin? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, I mean, I, I really think that, um, you know, a lot of these earnings calls to a certain degree are like, here's what you want to hear. Here's what's going to make you guys smile. And and, uh, so I don't know. I I really don't know. I I would like to believe that everything we heard on the earnings call is 100% fact and and that we're going to be getting a a more fresh, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown. That being said, though, I haven't really seen any evidence uh, of that coming to fruition. So I'm just going to wait and see. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. Um, is WWE going to make more stars? I hope so. I really hope so. Um, but again, I wait with cautious optimism. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's some good stuff there. Um, let's see. That rounds out our hot takes for the week, Stephen. Hot takes. And thank you guys for uh, in uh, you know staying with us so far in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to close out uh, today's show here uh, with our closing segment, as always. If wishes were fishes. <laughs> It is. It is indeed underwater. Uh, If Wishes Were Fishes is a game that we like to play at the end of our episodes where we each take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other grades that wish in terms of fish. Yes, indeed. Indeed, Stephen. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a wrestling wish this week. Do you? I do. Fantastic. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? You go for it. I feel like I usually go first. You go first a lot of the time. I'll, I'll go first this time. Cool. Uh, so I'd given this some thought because I've actually watched more football or soccer, if you will, um, for probably more, more than I ever have in my life since, uh, the restart due to the Rona. Since I'm working from home, I can always put it on in the background, just watch it, chill out. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Um, but it got me thinking here, um, in, uh, the, the European game it is popular, 
uh, for something called a loan system, where you can actually loan out players to another team uh, for development purposes or because they want to uh, they want to go somewhere else, but you don't want to lose them on a contract. These kinds of things here, right? If wishes were fishes, what I would like to see happen would be that we can get to a point where the companies of the world, the New Japans, the AEWs, uh, the AAAs and uh, CMLLs in Mexico, uh, and uh, the WWEs of the world, can prosper in doing a loan system where you can loan out a particular wrestler or performer for a year or two on their contract to go to another promotion. That way, so if one person is unhappy, you could maybe send them over elsewhere. You could have contract buyout clauses where you could buy out that particular talent and re-sign them for a negotiation elsewhere. Uh, you know, So it could be beneficial for people like Aleister Black, perhaps, if he's stuck in a rut or Vince doesn't know what to do with him. Uh, mm. You could loan him out to New Japan or AEW. Uh, same thing with talent in Mexico. Same thing with talent in Japan. You know, if uh, if AEW wanted to bring over uh, somebody on excursion, um, you know, or you know, bring in somebody like Okada maybe for a year, uh, you know, a New Japan would have an asking price. Maybe they would do a trade of talent, um, and uh, yeah, do things like that. So what I'm proposing here is again a loan system in place uh, for pro wrestling. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful wish. I, I mean, <laughs> are you bowing? <laughs> like, yes, yes. You're welcome. You're welcome, subjects. No. Uh, I mean, that's that's like uh, that's like a wrestling, it's like a futuristic wrestling utopia, <laughs> you know? Uh, man. See, at, at that point, I, I mean, th- there's no dream match that's not possible. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, unless you're talking about like people who like don't wrestle anymore or anything like that. Like obviously, but anyone who's currently wrestling, right. like every dream match would be possible. Well, like like you know, if um, let's say Daniel Bryan is nearing the end of his contract and he's like, well, you know what, I want to go work New Japan. WWE could just simply say, okay, well, we'll put you out on loan to New Japan for a year, mm-hmm. and uh, they would they would agree terms with New Japan. New Japan would pay for Daniel Bryan's contract or uh, a percentage of it, um, and uh, you know Daniel Bryan would go and work New Japan. He would work G One. He would work Wrestle Kingdom. He would work all mm-hmm. these events. See, that'd be cool too because that that would lend uh, to someone being a, a more international name too. You know, like Daniel Bryan, he's yeah. he's huge in, in WWE and huge in American wrestling. But, right. uh, you know, if he was able to be loaned out to, uh, you know, to New Japan or, or to CMLL or something like that, then he could, he could start getting a more global fan base. International flavor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful wish. Uh, I'm going to give you four and a half peacock cichlids. It's a beautiful fish for a beautiful wish. Well, thank you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I certainly appreciate the fish. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Mm. Now, for my wish, uh, it's a little selfish uh, on my part. Uh, it's, it's very pro headlock talk. Ah. Uh, but so we we talked about that that uh, you know exclusive footage from after the the press conference, the 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 uh, earnings call or or whatever. Yeah, the the, the exclusive audio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So we had that one that this this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we also had one, you know, a little bit further back. And uh, man, 
I think we're we're doing very well now. I don't know about the legality of uh, of of you know putting a hidden like camera and microphone in in uh, you know the the conference uh, room. We, we, we won't we won't get into the weeds of that. I'd rather not. Uh, but <laughs> what 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 I would like to wish for is uh, maybe let's figure out how we can do that with AEW. Hmm. Hmm. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting indeed. To maybe mm-hmm. sneak a sneak a mic in. Now I will not say saying that we will do that. But no, no, saying, no, no, no. You know that would be an interesting concept. No, you know? no. Yeah. And, and I will also say this. I don't want to say anything on record. But, right. You know. But um, if if that microphone is ours, I would say whoever put it there uh, had a very hard time getting it there. Ah, secret. So. Uh, not sure how we or or somebody would would go about mm. doing that for AEW, but mm. uh, um, you know the, these insights that that we're getting uh, from these post conference calls, man, like this is this is big, you know. Like what what is yeah. what is Desmond doing? What is Desmond doing? What's what's this with this Lorax? What is character? the Lorax? Yeah, yeah. The, the Lorax character. Yeah, he's saying he's going to speak for the trees. Like, yeah, that's pretty exclusive. I haven't heard anybody else talk about that. That's something only we have talked about. So, I mean, if <laughs> exactly. we can get that get that going for AEW as well, I mean, I think that could be huge for us. Yeah, I'm going to give you uh, three dolphins. Oh, I'll thank be you. Jumping for joy over uh, uh, the opportunity to maybe get some of that insight for AEW as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, well, Stephen, I think that uh, that does things here today for Headlock Talk. I think so. Uh, don't forget, everybody, promo code HLT10 is still available uh, for use at naturallyhemps.com for all of your CBD needs. So make sure to use code HLT10 at checkout, uh, whether you're purchasing CBD gummies, uh, you know, sublinguals, gel caps, or lotions, whatever CBD needs you have. Use promo code HLT10 at naturallyhemps.com where they, they produce some of the finest CBD products that are on the market. So yes, indeed. You know, definitely take advantage of that. Um, promo code HLT10 also works at um, Naturally Pure Sanitizer, a sister company of Naturally uh, Hemps, um, so where they specialize uh, in hand sanitizer needs, which is always very important right now. So keep clean, very. keep safe. Use Naturally Pure Sanitizer and uh, promo code HLT10 at checkout at that website as well for your hand sanitizing needs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you are a vapor and in need of e-liquids, use promo code HLT10 also at AmericanVaporCompany.com for all of your vaping needs. Yes, indeed. We've got you covered, folks. Use those promo codes, please. We don't mind. Mm -mm. In fact, we encourage it. Yes, indeed. Mm. Indeed. Um... Let's see here. Beyond that, Stephen, uh, you can find us at Headlock Talk on Twitter, at Headlock Talk, uh, where you'll see the Headlock Talk radio uh, Twitter stuff. We're posting episodes on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this episode will be available on Monday, uh, as all, all of our wrestling, wrestling episodes are. On Wednesdays, we have the Tanner and Stephen Variety Show, which is always a fun time. <laughs> yeah. we've, got, uh, we've got some good stuff planned for you here coming up for that as well. And then Fridays, the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast, where we talk all about video game news and related uh, stuff. The Vigima games. The Vigima games, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that uh, that pretty much sums it up here, Stephen. Um, yeah. Can you think of anything else? Uh, if you are a sponsor and you would like mm. for Tanner or I to talk about your product, please hit us up at headlocktalk at gmail.com for business inquiries. Again, it's headlocktalk at gmail.com. Indeed, Stephen. Indeed. 
Well, I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. I want to thank everybody out there for sending in their hot takes this week, as well as a big thank you to Mags for sitting down with us for uh, for an extended amount of time to talk about the uh, the European uh, cable broadcasting system. Yes, something and, that I know zero about. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but now, now I know a little more. Now you now we're all more enlightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to, to just give a big thank you out there to everybody who continues to listen to support Headlock Talk. Uh, big news for us, we are in the top 100 wrestling podcasts in Australia, uh, which is big news. I know we're in the, the top 150 uh, in uh, Europe as well, so nice. big, big stuff there. Yeah, thank you guys. So yes, thank you guys for mm-hmm. uh, for listening, all of our listeners overseas, and uh, yeah, please rate and review Headlock Talk Radio on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, wherever. We're, we we are in the process of renovating our YouTube page mm-hmm. as well, so we're going to clean that up a lot. Uh, but yeah, make sure to hit that subscribe, that thumbs up, uh, wherever you're you're listening to this show. And uh, yeah, um, you know, subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We would greatly appreciate being number one uh, on uh, the charts here and everywhere else in the world. Yes, indeed. So, thank you guys again for listening. I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from me here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again on Wednesday. Later. Bye-bye. At Zenni, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metalmen, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.